Junior is being paid. He's being paid. Pay that man his money. Pay that man his money. What's the matter? Your keyboard doesn't work. Pay, Pay that man his money. Pay it. Straight cash, homie. Straight cash. Oh, it sounds like it's getting close. It's not. It's done. It's done. Yes. It's done. Right. I got videos of Sterling Shepard dancing the Giants locker room to money, 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 money. Money. The summer of Odell's yeah. contract is officially over. Uh, and this is so pure. That is so crazy for me. Yeah. I go to the ExpectNet website. Right. The website where I had everybody put in. We had over 400 people guessing when it's going to happen. Right. All charted. It crashed. <laughs> the website is not working. It is down. I literally have no idea who bet August 27th. Stupid little internet. I'm I'm looking online. Uh, so this is the 27th, right? Uh, man, I can't believe it. Highest paid wide receiver in the NFL. Yes. I mean, well. Congratulations. Congratulations. And you know what? I think first thing we have to say is this to me. The number one thing that jumps out to me about this, Lefko, is the Giants deserve a congratulation. Do they? I think so. Tell them why. We saw something this preseason that we've never seen in the career of NFL, in the history of the league, where a team said, you know, you come here and be a good guy. We'll actually listen to your personal side and won't throw you out there in risky situations because we understand you're getting close to being paid and we'll work with you as long as you work with us. And they actually lived up to their end of the bargain. He was a professional. The team said, you know what? We cleared you to play a few weeks ago. We won't throw you out there in preseason game number three just to see if you can run the out route still. Uh, And I really give the Giants a lot of credit for doing that. And, of course, Odell Beckham Jr. But I think it's very rare, and this could be a new age formula we see going forward. Props to Odell for living up to his end of the bargain. Yeah. Is that does that do you think then that Gettleman's the one that kind of got it done? I think I think Gettleman, the Maras, Shermer, just the whole new organizational outlook. Of course, Mr. Tish, I don't want to leave the Tish family out yeah. either. But I think, yes, with Gettleman Shermer together, I do think that's a no nonsense crew. Uh, and of course, Mara, Mr. Mara, display or you know, putting on display his his displeasures with Odell. Right, I'm sick of talking about it. All that I think all of those kind of culminated to where we are now, and I'm just so happy. We haven't heard numbers yet, though, right? I haven't heard numbers yet. Just We're hearing just highest paid, highest paid five year right. contract. Uh, if you picked August 27th, I'm. I'm, I'm not going to believe you. I'm going to need you to somehow show me proof, but we will hook up people. So if you're listening and you're like, holy crap, that's the day I picked, we got to figure out a way to make it happen. I can't believe it crashed. That's beyond. Well, I mean, is it ironic. once a, I, again, I'm going to show my naivety here. Naivete. Naivete. That's how I was trying to say it. Uh, like once it crashes, can't they bring it back? Does do we lose the information that was on there? I don't know. It's going to be up to how many people are contacting this website to try and get you know the babies. Right. It's, you know, 
Yeah. I can't believe I did okay. that. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, we have our Sims and Lefko fantasy draft tomorrow night. Right. Uh, we are going to FaceTime you. Me and Josh are going to go to a bar around here and pick our team for the Golden Spleen Conference. Our team is officially named Odell Rogers. Uh, I was at a <laughs> you fan- love that name. Huh? I was at a fantasy football draft this weekend. And they're like, "What's your team name going to be?" I was like, "Sims came up with Odell Rogers," and he was like, "They're like, does he understand how football teams name work?" <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. We could really be three guys, two spleens. We could. Um, do you have any fantasy football draft advice for people out there? No, I don't. Who's one guy? Let's get one sim sleeper. Oh, one guy that's not that famous or that people aren't that high on that you are. Gosh, oh man, there's 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 so many. I feel first like. one that came to your head. The first guy that came yes. to my head. This is your only sleeper. Damn, very exclusive slim sleeper. Slim sleeper. That was too loud. Slim sleeper. Um, the guy that I'm looking for. This is not, this is might be way too deep in the weeds. My mind went yes. to number thirty eight from the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Samuel kid. Jalen Samuel. Jalen Samuel, who was like a hybrid tight end running back at NC State. I saw him in person. I know what kind of play, type of player he is. He was phenomenal in his last preseason game once again. And I do think he could formulate some type of role there, but I just don't know if it's going to be enough numbers there. So, yeah, that's a pretty deep I mean, slavery. well, that, you gave me a crap. I mean, you could have gave me like a little warning you were going to ask me. All right, that. who are you thinking this a little better than that? Uh, I mean, Anthony Miller. Ooh, Chicago Bears. Yeah, talk about him. You know, those would be a guy that I would look at. Just he's in the perfect position. Like There's 14th talent. Round right. or 13th round. Yeah, there. right. It'd be late, late fantasy draft. But Kevin White does look like he's pretty damn good. Yes. Allen Robinson, he will be out there. I'm not going to expect him to be totally who he was. The tight end play with Burden, their run game. Anthony Miller is going to find a role and kind of go unnoticed and under the radar. And that offense knows how to use the slot receiver. I would say that would, would be Would he a guy. be like the Albert Wilson? You want another one? Is Jerron Brown. Seattle Seahawks. Damn, you're, Ger- giving, you're giving away all well, the Well, hey, I mean, it's, well, you asked me now. It's all right, the so wealth why, why Jerron of Brown? knowledge cometh out of thy braineth. Why Jerron Brown? Because Jerron Brown, I think um, I think he has a chance to be – he's going to be one of the three receivers, I think, on the field when they go three wides, right? Baldwin, when he gets back, we know I think Tyler Lockett will be number two. And I think Jerron Brown will be number three where Marshall will have a little – his role will be a little more defined. Like, we only want you in these situations, man to man on the outside, back shoulders. Brown, yeah, I think has the 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 eye of Russell Wilson. They've had a little connection through the preseason, and he can do everything. He can go deep. He can run across the middle. I think he'll be sneaky with the, with, with what he can do. Pretty wild that two Arizona receivers from last year right? are really impressing people. John Brown on Baltimore, Jerron Brown on Seattle. Yeah, Christian Kirk hasn't looked bad either. No, he has not. Okay. Uh, I was watching the Colts uh, Niners game. Yes. And uh, some people hit me up online and were like, yo, why does Jim Ursay referring to Quentin Nelson as something? He refers to Quentin Nelson now as Babyface. So we already know. But apparently now he calls him Babyface, and he referred to him as Babyface like four times. Right. And they're calling him Babyface Nelson. Are we okay with that? I mean, he does have kind of that baby face. He, and like, not it's like, like a not big like Gerber face. He looks like a big Gerber baby. He's like a big Gerber baby that will just absolutely annihilate you and pound you into the ground if you yeah. probably cross the line with that. Are we going to call him baby face? I, I, I think it's kind of cool for an offensive lineman. If your name I've always is wanted baby to face. follow Jim Ursay into dark places. <laughs> Let's do it. If your name's baby face uh, and you're still starting, 
and then you become like one of the focal guards yeah. in football. I don't know, it's kind of cool. They love him. And you saw Shaq Mason got a five-year, $50 million contract? I, I saw it just as uh, just a little while ago. Shaq Mason is, hey, that's the going rate for good guards in football right now. And Shaq suddenly, Mason Suddenly is, we're double digits. We're yeah, eight figures. Yeah, I mean, a good guard is is nine to $11 million. Yeah. Oh, Semele and them really brought it up. Yes. And, and I think that it's going to be a continuing trend. I mean, as you saw in some of my notes this week, you know, there's teams I worry about with their interior offensive yes. line. And it's such a big part because there's just so many of these special hybrid defense alignment this day and age. To You, you better be talented there or your game's going to be ruined. Uh, our friend, Pac-Man Jones, gets a contract. Yeah, what up, Pac? What do you think? What, if he would have called you and said, maybe he did, what do you think of Denver? What would you no, have told him? I just him? Got, a, I got a text message from some of his homies for just saying thanks for your support and your help when cool. he signed it. I, I knew before it became public information that he was about to sign, so I always find that cool, um, and I think it's a really good spot for him. I really do, do. I do, because their defense, it's got a pass rush that's always going to take a little pressure away from the cornerback, but their, their lack, and I think if you saw my notes that I wrote you today on the Broncos, their lack of that third solidified corner. Right now, it's Tremaine Brock Sr. He's really the other guy, right? It's Bradley Roby and Chris Harris Jr. Yes. in their base, but then when they get into nickel, Chris Harris Jr. bumps inside, and they got Tremaine Brock Sr. there. And Pac-Man's made for the slot. And, and, he's, and he's actually going to be even better on the outside for this team, because they're going to leave Chris Harris Jr. in there. I mean, gotcha. that's what he does, right? So I just think it gives him a little cushion, and if Pac-Man plays the way he did last year, he's better than Tremaine Brock, so it's going to help their defense out. And I know that you really like their safety, so we're going to get to I that do. in a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Our big prediction show is Wednesday. Yeah. I've I, been thinking about it. Oh, man. I've been wrapping my head around. I'm going Miles Garrett as defense MVP. Certainly Stop. This weekend didn't change it. Holy crap. <laughs> well, I said it two weeks ago. I think I'm allowed to say it. So. Yeah, that's true. I mean. Uh, I was, I mean, watching that game, I, I couldn't keep my eyes off. I him. know. It's, it's been borderline like that every game. He just hasn't had the amount of snaps to show it. Yes. But it was always, even in the Giants game, it was running by Eli with a hand on Eli as he was throwing it. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I think he would have wore out Solder if that he game went on. He could just do anything he wants. Yes. Yeah. He's, he could push people. He right. could run by. I mean, he he literally had Philadelphia going, Holly Pulley, Volley Vitae, leave. He's Jadevion. He's what we wanted Jadevion Clowney to be. And he's what Jadevion Clowney. injury kind of made him more of a run exactly. stopper. I mean, he'll never be able still to amazing. be that guy. Right. Still amazing. But his ability to come around the edge and bend like Garrett is not there anymore because of that weak knee. So is. Who else? Uh, I'm not going to give you my defensive MVP. Okay. But Wednesday, yes. we're going to break down all the divisions. What I'd really like to do okay. is we're going to pick our division winners. Yeah. I'm also going through, though, all the teams. Right. Kind of the year I'm expecting for everybody, the things that scare me, the things that I don't. I'm doing a lot of the work to look at scheduling yep. and stuff like that because you're going to look more at rosters, I think. Just i got to take more account together. of the scheduling, though. Well, that's that's where gonna... you, you're great at that. I'm not as good at that. I always evaluate the team, and early season matchups can affect so much, and I, I sometimes uh, need to, to do more on that part. So we'll do that, and then we're going to pick the playoffs, and we're going to pick our awards and all that stuff. We're going Super be Bowl all the way through, right? All the way through. Okay, cool. Yeah. And then, uh, man, some of the, they're really hard. Yeah, I know. It's really hard. Like, the NFC East took me like an hour and a half. Yeah. To just sit there and go, you're an idiot. I mean, they, the NFC South. Yes. I mean, come on. Those, they got three teams in the NFC South that can win the Super Bowl. You just spent the afternoon with Al Riveron. I did. What? <laughs> I had For like an hour and a half? We, we had a, it's, the, uh, it's the day where some of the, you know, the NBCs, the CBSs, the Foxes meet with the league office. 
and you kind of go over some of the new rules and guidelines that have been implemented in the offseason. It's, it's the league's chance to explain it to the big TV people, the Mike Tarikos of the world and all and that. you got invited? I got invited. I don't know how, but NBC, I, they invited me in there. I, I, I infiltrated three, all right, four, so five Park take, Ave. Take me in because I am apparently – see, this is why I'm worried about you. Yeah. You're becoming mainstream media. Lefko is the one that's going to hold this podcast down and that's make sure right. that we're on the outside right. looking in. And I just the hope truth. you know I'm in the officiating room, being the same Chris Sims as I always am, in what making way? fun of guys that are on a computer who example. I don't know what they're doing. There was a guy Greg over there who they kept telling him to fix stuff, and I was like, "Come on, Greg, hurry up! Holy cow, you're slow. Good you're job, doing this, Greg. Like, right next to I'm Tariqo. right. I'm doing it right in front of all the NBC people and Al Riveron. Uh, so I'm no different. Was it you just know? NBC? Uh, it was just NBC as far as the TV networks. Okay. Yeah. Right. Uh, what did you learn? Uh, well, uh, I'll say. And did they go? Did they go? So this new head rule, and everybody was like, <laughs> <laughs> "Well, it certainly was a lot focused on that, and it was a great teaching moment. Videos shown there. All right, I got numbers. Al Riveron, I got numbers. Okay, hold on. Al Riveron was very good. You're gonna stop Odell Beckham Jr. Oh, numbers. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about numbers, maybe no. for your date on what the pregnancy date of Odell Beckham Jr.'s contract. The official reporter. Woo! That gummy, gummy. breaks. Don't yeah, don't look. Is it Kim Jones? Don't look. Who is the reporter that you think broke the numbers just now? Oh, Josina Anderson. You are correct. Yes. Five year extension. Sixty five guaranteed. Okay. Okay. Ninety five max deal. So five year extension. Sixty five guaranteed. So that's really all I care about. Yeah. So that's great. 65 guaranteed. Nobody's even close to that in the range. That would have been the formula I would have said from the start. Like, let's Not find as a much high money, number. But a lot of guarantees. But a lot of the guarantees, all that matters. So that's that's where I look at it and go, I, I believe, and I'm pulling this up as we're talking right now, and I'll, I'll make sure here. But uh, I believe that what is Antonio Brown's guarantees weren't even in that stratosphere, I believe. Do you know? Are you there? I'm checking it out. I'm right going to beat now. you. I hope here we go. So he's seventeen million a year average, and his guaranteed at signing was get this nineteen million. Yeah, Mike Evans had the largest guarantee up to this point with thirty eight point two five. Hopkins thirty six point five. Jarvis Landry got thirty four. Julio Jones got thirty five five. Demarius thirty five. So not only is he the highest paid, right? His guaranteed at signing is double almost every other top wide receiver in the NFL, right. except for Mike Evans. Right. Double. Yeah. That's it's all amazing. These, all the other money in there, he's getting it mainly guaranteed. And it's an extension? Is that what we That's found what out? That's what I'm seeing all right, right here. So, so, According to Joey Zena Anderson. So at the end of the day, it's a six-year, $98.5 million deal, right? That's what right, I have a little bit of clarification yeah. here from Ian Rappaport. Right. Highest guaranteed ever, $65 million, averages $20 million over the first three years. Right. So it's a front-loaded contract. Yes, it's very rare. And he's in the prime of his career, so they should feel happy about giving him that money. They should. And it's going to give him... I mean, I've never seen a front-loaded, high-guaranteed deal. Yeah. I feel a little responsible for this. You should. We we should. We've we've, we've done a lot. We've really fought for him. Yeah. Yeah. what a great summer of Lefko PR for yep. Odell Beckham. Yep. So what percentage should I ask him for? Point zero three percent. He's got to give 3% to his agent. All right. Uh, you like, what do you think overall? How does this make you feel uh, now I, that we're going back to it? No, no. It, it, makes, uh, it makes me feel awesome. I, it was one of the things I wondered 
all along what the guarantee was going to be because that's the most important thing. And I would think that's the way to most finagle to lower the yearly average salary number down too, right? So you're doing, what? what is it? Six years, 98.5 is going to be total. What's that math real quick as I keep talking? Six years, 98? Right, because he's getting 8.5 this year as the fifth-year option, gotcha. right? Right. So if it's a five-year 90 and a six-year, yes, it's going to be what? Somewhere around the... 16 to 17 range still is average salary 16.4 right so average salary antonio brown still has more except he's got 46 million dollars more guaranteed to him man than anything else and if odell beckham jr gets to year four and he's still one of the best receivers in the sport time to re-up because that's what it'll be and he has a chance to do that. I think this is a wise play by him and the Giants, and it works out for everybody. That's the question that I feel like needs to be asked. It's very okay for us to 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 go do this for Odell. We call ourselves the Players Podcast. We care about Odell. We think he's that special. Right. Is this a smart move by the Giants? Yeah. I mean, That's a lot of money. It is a lot of in money. In one player. You had a rant recently about spending a lot of money in one position. Right. Is this smart for the Giants? I mean, his. I, I do think it's smart for I think he's a once-in-a-generational type player. I mean, I think he's the guy that can basically frame your offense and carry guys like Eli Manning who are less than average at this point of their career, and he can make them look like they're average to above average. Uh, I do. I don't think there's any problem with this, especially when you break down what it sounds like it's going to be on average salary. That's not a bad price to pay. Seventeen. You mean his average salary is going to be a year less than? I mean, a million dollars less than Blake Bortles? Sign me up. Deal. I'm not trying to even go down that road. I'm just saying <laughs> that's that's where you got to think about it sometimes. And then the other thing that I'll say this that bothered me is I was hearing that Aaron Donald's going to get seventy million guaranteed and thing. I mean, since when did like the defensive tackle just is flat out that much more worthwhile than the best receiver in football? That's where I was like a little bit like, how could the guarantee not be higher mm. in that range of a Von Miller or somebody like that for an Odell Beckham Jr.? And I think this is a game-changing contract for a lot of receivers going forward. Yeah, what kind of a ripple effect could this have? Uh, I, I think you're going to see... Are we going to get out of those $35 million guarantees with a lot more money per year and more guarantees? Is this going to be for every position? I, I think, to me, this would be the smart way to go, even for players, to where i got to break it down a little bit more. Of course it's for players, but for teams yeah, to give but away that I don't, much guarantee. I don't think it's horrible for teams and the right, the right players in right situations. I don't. I don't think it's horrible. Hey... I know the Giants are paying $67 million guaranteed to Eli Manning. Then I, I mean, how can you argue them paying this to, to this guy? Mm. Yeah. I just mean, could it have a ripple effect? I mean, we saw rookies like Roquan Smith going back and forth over language. Yes. This, to me, feels very rare. Well, it's rare. I think it could, where I think it can become a trendsetter is I think players could look at it and go, screw my overall number, screw my average salary. They're finally get me, realizing. Get me my money early on, and then if I'm balling, the business is set up to where I'm going to sit out training camp and ask for more money. And that, and because if I'm not balling, they're going to go, oh, you know those last two years in your deal, sorry, you got to go. We're going to move on and do something else. So uh, I, I like it. It's it's really good that the agents and the players are finally realizing what matters, yeah. and this is a great example of it that. It is, it is. Um, is he worthy of being the highest paid wide receiver in the NFL? You know, I think I that. Know. I know. Yes, I know. I, I, I'm not. I'm not. 
I'm trying I, to see if there's any other I've questions I have I've never met Odell you. Beckham Jr. in my life. He's definitely one of the athletes I want to meet most in my Like, my wife. That's the only guy my wife wants to meet in sports right now. She could give a damn about anybody else. But she's like, man, Odell, Odell. looks cool. Uh, I want to hang out. I want to talk yeah. fashion with him. That's what she says. Um, but I, I truly believe this. And you know I've told, some, told you some of my coach friends have said this when they've asked me about my thoughts on Odell Beckham. I really believe Odell Beckham Jr. is the best receiver I've ever seen. I'm not trying to say that. I have no connection to the guy. I'm just telling you through my true evaluation, I've never seen a guy with the fast twitch, top-end speed, route running, and ability to be elusive with the ball in his hands after that combination all together, and then also be able to high point and, high point and catch 50-50 balls the way he does or one-handed catches, and he's only 5'11". And that's why I say he's he's truly has a chance to be the greatest ever. We're not talking statistics. We're not talking like overall impact in his career. You're saying that if you had to build a wide receiver, yeah. the way that you would want your wide receiver, Odell pops. Yeah, up. I mean, I think if you ask me and go receivers in their prime, and you rank them all time, like Odell is it's Alvin o- Johnson, R- Terrell Owens, yeah, Randy, Randy Moss, Moss right. Rice. He's in the Randy Moss. Like I think Randy Moss is better in his prime than a Jerry Rice. When Odell gets this contract, yeah. what does this do in the Giants locker room? I showed you the video of Sterling Shepard of them going nuts. Yeah. What does this do to, for a team when a guy gets a contract like that? I, I just it's a weight off the team a little bit. Is it? It is. The team's gonna be excited for him. They're they're now no this is our 2018 New York Giants, and here we go, and our best player is pumped and healthy and ready to go and has no other distractions. Uh, and the way I think the Giants treated him, it'll all be positive in the locker room. But yeah, does they the will team celebrate. get excited because the teams does the, the team get excited because the Giants told Odell to do something, he did it, and then he got paid? Yes. So the, the rest of the team now is like... Hey, they lived up to their word. Exactly right. And that's got to be great. It's huge. It's huge in a locker room. How much more pressure does this put on Odell? I mean, we already know he has every eyeball on him already. Right. But does this change... His what he has to be like around the team? No, he well Does he's he got to be con- more of a leader. Yeah, well, it seems like he's been more of that guy. But you would second everything I'm about to say, whether it's a Justin Pugh who's told us in the past, yes. or other players we've been around, and some of the coaches and other people I know behind the scenes of the New York Giants haven't heard a negative thing about Odell Beckham Jr. yet. I mean, really haven't. It's always like, man, he's awesome. He loves football and he's willing to work. I mean, that's all I ever hear. Now, he, I understand he's not like the perfect person in the world, but damn, he's pretty good. Mm. Yeah. All right. That's awesome. That's Al awesome. Riveron. Whoa. <laughs> All right. So wait, what did you learn? Uh, what did you le- like, what did you learn about the helmet rule? Uh, I mean, everything you see out there at this point, it, it's pretty self-evident. Um, it's just basically what the biggest thing I learned is the number of concussions when people lower their head and like hit with that crown of the helmet, right? That hit right there is not only concussing the people that are getting hit, it's actually concussing the people who are hitting more, too. And that's what they're trying to wipe away. And yes, there's been some ridiculousness here in the early in the preseason. Um, but he tried to say, hey, the, the refs were getting used to calling the foul and they're gathering. They're getting used to the speed of the game as they're calling it, all of those things. I'll tell you the thing that was most impressive to me, and I'm going to share this, is just how passionate Troy Vincent, who was also in the room, is about defending players and he's truly worried about players and their safety and it really showed evident when we talked about the kickoffs and kickoff returns left go i mean i'm not trying to like 
Troy was legitimately emotional. I'm not going to say he was going to cry, but it looked like he might have because he was like, we neglected this play. The concussion rates were too high, and we've gone too long without neglecting it. And when we put all the information statistics together along with the tapes, he says we watched it this year, and this is where he got really passionate. And he was just like, I mean – we got young guys that are killing themselves in the NFL. They're killing themselves on this play. Like they're absolutely killing themselves and changing their lives because was it of the all colli- kickoffs or like was it a certain way that like was it like it's just all, their it's hand all wedge the wedges busting. exactly right. But it's 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 not only the guys in the wedge; it's the guy trying to break the wedge. It's all of it. It's just such a it, you know it allows more time for full speed collisions. It and some of my best stories about guys getting knocked out and I chuckle. You know, because I know they're okay now, but they were all kickoff plays. All of it. Yeah. It's, to me, it's really scary because it's what we talk about. It's the forgotten. I don't even know if it's like, it might even be more than 40%. It might be like 60 or 70% of the NFL. Yeah. These rosters are made of guys that will never make enough money to be generational changing. Right. We talk about Odell Beckham, $95 million, 65 guaranteed. His kids are good. Their kids are good. Yep. This group of guys that have to do the most dangerous part, running down on kickoffs, they're the ones that also can't protest when the collective bargaining agreement no. comes up. Right. It's this large amount of very athletic, super talented guys that are probably the heroes of their hometowns right. that are being sent down. Not only does no one care about kickoffs, people go to the bathroom during kickoffs. Yeah, right. When you study film, you skip kickoffs. Yeah. But yet... Careers were being lost. Lives were being changed on this one play. And everyone doesn't want to change because they don't like change. Gmail changes and people freak out. It freaked me out. So if how could you take away the kickoffs? If if it's only gonna give me at most like eleven touchdowns a year from the whole league, and I know it's huge and special teams is huge. But so we, what are they doing to change it? I, 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 that's, well, you know the rule we have in place this year to change it, right? With the kickoff team, they can't run and have that yes. lead-up start. You know, the 15-yard no-contact zone. Right. But I, I think more, more importantly, just the gist I got here with that, that whole meeting is if that play doesn't improve, right? It's a one-year trial basis. If that play doesn't improve and the numbers don't show that they're lessening the concussions – I I got the feeling that the kickoff will be out of the game next year and sometime here in the recent future. If you it, could tell from that yeah, meeting, Troy yes. Vincent, just the higher ups in the NFL. Yes, it's it's that concerning to them, and um, it it does sound like that. Yeah, if things continue to trend in that way with this high concussion rate in the NFL, that that there that's a definite possibility. As an NFL purist, how does that make you? feel? It bothers me a little. It does, but. Um, I can I think, tell that you're kind of affected by Troy's emotions. Well, I, I am. Well, I guess what I, it, it gets me to, it just hits home with players. And it's also, you have to evolve as a league too. And like you said, if it's a play that's only really affecting like five or six games a year or maybe just five or six plays a year, is it really worth it to ruin 15 people's brains for the future? That's that's really the question. Man. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. Um. All right. But good lunch. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah. Uh. To wow, how about this? What someone sent me a screenshot. Expect net. I think we might know our winner for the Odell. This is great. Everything is happening as we're doing this show. Uh, it does not look like it's been photoshopped. I cannot really read it though. You want me to read it? It looks like David Walston, 
predicted he was the only person to say August 27th, and he guessed 12 p.m., which is like two hours ago, from Inglewood, Florida. Does that look like David Walston to you? It does. Something like that. Yes, it does. So David Walston, David Watson, uh, if you can confirm this, you will be our first ever winner. I mean, he might be like right on. I mean, they might have signed the deal at 12 o'clock. I hope he didn't. And it just became public that at two thirty. That's incredible. It is. There he is, David Walston. I nailed the contract date. He just tweeted at me, August twenty seventh. Baby Odell is born. D Dub, way to go, D Dub. The, uh, the 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 gif of Leonardo DiCaprio dancing in the uh, yeah. What movie is that? Hey, old sport. No. Hey, old sport. Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, that was Wolf of Wall Street. Yes. I was thinking, you sure that was Wolf of Wall Street? Let me see that. It is. It's that Wolf of Wall Street. That looked like the other movie when he was the rich guy. Great Gatsby. Yes. I don't know. I'm not sure about you. David Walston, the confirmation. D-Dub. That's what up, amazing. D-Dub. Good job, man. David Walston, we are going to reach out to you. I'm happy this happened live. We are going to send you a bunch of Sims and Lefko stuff. We have a bunch of new gear, too. Uh, congratulations. And thank you to everyone that guessed when was Odell's contract going to happen. It officially happened. Uh, let me get to to a few other news and notes talking about Odell backup center for the Giants Brett Jones traded to the Vikings you you I'm sure there's a lot of people going is Brett Jones good is Brett Jones good Brett Jones is a capable starting type of center in football do the Vikings yes. need him the Vikings have issues right now with yes I mean I don't you know they're they're injured in their interior three right they had the one guy retire Elfline I don't think is still yep. back one of them just came back to practice uh so yeah I think they're just thin at the position overall it's a smart move and it's a good backup yes Obi Mellon Fanwu, yeah, released by the Raiders. Right, this is a guy that you were very high on yeah. coming out of UConn for the draft. Right, what was your reaction? Um, I guess I was shocked a little just the fact that they abandoned ship so early. I mean, it's only a second training camp, but he, I, I don't know what to expect of him yet. We haven't really got to evaluate him. And other he went than a few unclaimed plays. on waivers. Yeah, he's, he's on the injured reserve for the Raiders now, so he's on the IR. Right. So I don't know. It's it's hard for me to evaluate. I know Gruden with young guys, he ain't got time for it if you can't get out there and produce and help out the team. And uh, that's kind of what we've seen to his theme be so far. Wow. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of a Gruden thing, though? Gruden is, yeah, he just has no time for the young guy who can't contribute. That's why, I mean, I, I think it's interesting if you just look at his offseason in general. It's a lot of veteran players to fill holes. Well, the Raiders just traded so, Ryan Switzer to the Steelers. Yeah, I know. Is it for the, the Raiders, the Steelers don't have a third receiver, you know, or they're looking for that slot type guy. They don't have it. Justin Hunter's kind of been that guy. He's the guy on the outside, right? And then they can do Juju and Antonio. Eli but Eli Rogers is hurt. Yes, Eli Rogers. Right. He's been hurt and suspended. He tore his ACL in the divisional playoff game last year. I don't think James Washington can be that guy. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, you know who else could be, who was a little popping on, on film? Um, and I'll get there in a second. But Ryan Switzer, like if they want to go Antonio Brown outside and Juju Smith, Juju Smith-Schuster outside, Who's they have on their roster that's a true slot guy? I think that's mm. what they got to be thinking. Yeah. Because like Washington's not that guy. Justin Hunter's more of an outside yes. guy, like you saw in the game this weekend. One on one, he's gonna run by you and score a touchdown. The other guy that pops, and you probably saw it on my, is uh, the Griffey kid. Trey Griffey. Oh yeah, Trey Griffey. Is that the Steelers? Trey, yeah. Trey Giff, Griffey looks yes. good, might have a role. He, I mean, he's he can contribute to that football team in all capacities. They probably don't trust him to be the total slot guy yet, 
but I was impressed with what I've seen from him. Mm. All right, so I got a few other news notes I want to get to. Yeah. Jared Goff is not going to play a snap this preseason. Mm-hmm. Neither, neither is Gurley. Sean McVay played zero starters the entire preseason. Matt Nagy played zero starters for week three of the preseason. Yes. Week three is supposed to be where all the starters are playing. And I got your news and notes here. But are we seeing a change in NFL preseason as well? I mean, I, I think the and day— And also, how is that possible? Yeah, I think the— How di- can you not play anybody? Right. Well, the, the day and age of, like, oh, preseason game number three is the dress rehearsal. That's over. This weekend solidified that. It's, it's just not. Some teams don't care. Hey, Aaron Rodgers didn't play. You know, there's a lot of guys that Ezekiel Elliott hasn't played. I mean, you go down the list, whoever it is, you know, the Raiders, they only sent their guys out there for one series in preseason game three. Well, big dress rehearsal for one drive. So I I think we've gotten to the time and and day in the sport where, as we talked a little bit about last week with like my dad, how the game's just bigger and faster and more physical than ever. The teams are willing to maybe not um, function or execute on its highest level week one. To, for, for not having to deal with that risk of losing a guy that can change your season. Now, Jared Goff, I'll be, I'm going to be interested to see where this goes with this. this is a, That's got some, my question is, right. is like, do you think when you were going to be starting, do you think I know. not having any reps was going to be I know. good for you? When I, was in two th- when I got reps, I was better. 2006, the year I lost my spleen, Gruden didn't really play us much in the preseason. Because we were a very top-heavy team, and I think he was very worried that if we lost a few starters, that we'd be screwed. And I know that when I got into week one, I wasn't the same Chris Sims that I needed to be. I, everything was moving too fast. I was not as comfortable. I can still remember Paul Hackett, uh, my quarterback coach, going, you need reps in the preseason. Like This is just that's the kind of guy you are. So when the Rams play the Raiders in week one, you could see the Rams maybe starting a little slow. I definitely can. Out of the fact that John Gruden's going to get ready to unveil the kitchen sink on them for week one. I mean, he still did nothing last week, even with the starters in. Like, and they look pretty good they throwing look a team right. Cooper. So now the Rams, the good thing they have in their advantage is, you know, the Raiders' defense is certainly not the Steel Curtain or the Raiders of the 70s on defense. So they, and then the Cardinals the next week to where it's not two overwhelmingly talented football teams. Like the Rams are going to be the more talented football team on the field in both of those matchups. Man. And they got a guy like Todd Gurley. Now, Gurley's a guy that does not need reps. I mean, he's like an Ezekiel Elliott or some of the freak running backs of the Adrian Petersons of old. They don't need it. No. I mean, they're, they're a different cut of cloth than the rest of us. Jalen Ramsey just tweeted, it's going to be a show very soon. Hashtag Batman versus the Joker. <laughs> like who's it. Batman in Odell versus Ramsey? And who's the Joker? I guess Odell's Batman, huh? I, it seems like it, right? He's Bruce Wayne now. Yeah, with all the I money? guess so. I guess so. That game's gonna be so good. Uh, I'm so glad he got paid. I do think this is again, though, another case of what we talked about last week too, Le- Lefko, where I know Des Bryant thinks I'm not for the players getting paid, but here's another discre- like Odell Beckham Jr. is not 22 times greater than Des Bryant. You know what I mean? It's that, that's that's that, that's that's the other thing too, like. It's just the low-level guys have to start getting, I think, a little more guarantees. There's no middle class. There's no middle class. Exactly right. It's rich and fight for your life, guys. Yeah, it's either got like $1.5 million or $95 million. Yes. 
Um, we're still waiting on Aaron Donald. We're still waiting on Khalil Mack. Uh, Marquise Lee out for the season Man. after his knee injury. Yeah, it was actually like Bortles' best throw of the game too. Yeah, I like got a nice little crossing route. But um, you, you still think they're going to be good with D.D. Westbrook, Keelan Cole, or is this like now a weaker wide receiving core? Uh, Marquise Lee was, you know, he's a, he's a really good football player. He's not like a number one superstar receiver, right? Marquise Lee, that looked at him. Is just going. He's a number two. That's really good. He can do everything. He can catch a screen and make something happen. He can run nice routes and run the short routes that you need with crispness and detail. And he also had enough speed to just beat people straight away. But yes, Lefko, their receiving core is is very good still. Uh, I mean, whether you want to go with Keelan Cole Westbrook, like you said, Dante yeah. Moncrief is still there. They got you know. Two running backs that can catch the ball well out of the backfield. I mean, or, you know, in Yeldon and Grant, I'm not even co- counting Fournette, who also catches the ball well, too. So I don't think it's going to be like a huge blow to their overall team. Uh, Jalen Ramsey on the hit said, You can't be mad at the safety. You got to be mad at the NFL. But that is how the rule is. People are scared to tackle normal because I guess they don't want to do helmet to helmet and get flagged. Right. You were just in a meeting with Al Riveron. Yeah, and this guy was just on the, one of the clips I watched for Bad Hit. Kazee. Yes. But in terms of, do you agree with Jalen Ramsey saying that the helmet-to-helmet rule is causing people to go low, which is causing more maybe well, knee hits? yeah, I mean, yes, we know this. I mean, remember Larry Fitzgerald? He's telling people, I'll, I'll pay the fine. Just hit me in the head, please. I don't want to be hitting the knees. So, yes, I would say this is part of the problem and part of the issue. I would also say this, though, and again, this is really hard for a defensive player, and I, I'm not trying to like say you can totally avoid this, but he did drop his head and like lost where he was going at, and he didn't have to go right at his knee joint. Like, If you're looking, you can hit somebody in the thigh and do that. Um, but no, this is one of the unfortunate intended cons- unintended consequences of, of the new rule. Man. Uh, that was nasty. It was gross. Yeah, I can't even watch it. All right, we have a lot of really good notes from you this week, but I'm going to start off with uh, a text message that you sent me. Damn. RG3 looks better than a lot of starters. He can still be a superstar. He held it together. Yeah. You also texted me saying that NFL teams would be stupid not to trade for RG3. Right. Break it down. Yeah. I mean, first of all, I I think there's got to be a market for some of these backup quarterbacks this year. You know, I just look at, let's just say Teddy, okay? Uh, We talked about him, RG3. There's somebody else in the mix that I'm blanking out with right now. But I think there's a a number of teams that are taking a very big risk with their backup quarterback situation. Jacksonville's one of them, okay? I mean, okay, that's one of them. Seattle Seahawks are another one. Uh, The Los Angeles Rams. I mean, you watch Sean Mannion? I mean, if if Goff goes down, I, I don't... I don't know. It's really scary. The Denver Broncos. Chad Kelly's been really good. I'm just saying he's raw and he's young. I don't know if you want to trust him with that. Last year was the perfect example of why backup quarterbacks are important. Exactly right. Rodgers went down, the team imploded. Yes. Wentz went down, the team sustained. Right. RG3 has tremendous... He still has... you, You know me. I... I don't like RG3. I think he screwed over the Shanahan family. I think we all know he did. 
He was a baby. He was privileged. Brought but his I'm, dad on the whiteboard. Right. But I'm not going to sit here and just say he's no good because the film tells me he's really damn good. And his decision-making has been top-notch. His throwing has been top-notch. I mean, it's a perfect spiral on the screws every time. And did you see that motherfucker run last week? Because you... What? I don't know who's faster, him or Lamar Jackson. Really? On a straightaway race. Now, yeah. Lamar has more side to side, but I felt like RG3 took off a few times the other night and was like, I oh, thought it was Lamar. I, 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 well, I think he was like, Did you mother. I, I think he was the one to run. He was probably saying, like, Did you motherfuckers forget that I can run too? That I was like yeah. a four by 100 <laughs> hurdle <laughs> right, champion. Right. In Texas. Yeah. Right. So uh, he has been one of the gems of the preseason. And I, I even the Carolina Panthers. Mm. I mean, you guys gonna are they are you gonna go with Blake? I mean, uh, Gil, Garrett Gilbert. Are you gonna go with one of them? If who's Cam the team that has down? Heineke as their backup? Them. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's bad. Yes. So you and you think that RG three is better the than Dolphins. a number? Of, do you think RG three is better than a number of starters? Like when I was watching Miami Baltimore, I texted this. To yeah, you. he's more talented than Ryan. I Tannehill. thought RG three looked more impressive than Ryan Tannehill. Agreed. Yeah, RG three has the type of talent to be one of the five best quarterbacks in football. Ryan Tannehill will never be one of the top five quarterbacks in football. I'm not trying to say that to be mean to Ryan Tannehill. He's good and he can lead them to the playoffs and a Super Bowl. I truly believe that. But RG three has a special skill set. He really does. He's got a special arm. He can launch it. He can throw it with touch. And it's really about the off the field, how he conducts himself around the team and the coaches. That's really the biggest unanswered question about you him. You wrote, he held it together. Yeah. What does that mean? I feel like most guys that go down his lane end up Ryan Leafish, Johnny Manzelish, right? Where it's just the wheels fall off for two or three years and everybody goes, man, I don't know if we can take a chance on you again. You went down to Crazyville for a few weeks, yeah. you know, or a few how years. How do you think he turned it around? Uh, I think that. He loves the sport, and I think he probably realized that he had to become a little bit more humble and that he left his lane uh, in Washington and a few other places, and I think he's realized that he's got to have a new approach. And it seems like he does. I am impressed. Like I said, not the biggest fan of the person, but I'm not going to hate on the guy's ability. And that's why I respect you, because you can self-scout, and whatever they show on the film is how you're going to judge it. Another text you sent me was... Because I texted you, man, Kenyon Drake looks amazing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I what did you say back? <laughs> I, is that where I said? I said he's better than Alvin. He has more physical ability than Alvin Kamara. Right? Yeah, you said Kenyon Drake has more raw ability than Alvin Kamara. He does. And I didn't respond. <laughs> you didn't. I know. Because I was like, that's a fire take. <laughs> I, I, uh, Kenyon Drake is a special player, and as is Alvin Kamara. Um, but Drake, you know, he's, he's a between-the-tackles workhorse who can run through arm tackles, just like an Alvin Kamara. I'm not trying to say he can't do anything like that either. Uh, but just like Alvin Kamara, too, he catches a screen. Watch out. He gets out on the edge like he did the other night. Watch out because I'm he just can go 60, 70. What, what you learn a lot from doing fantasy drafts yes. is you see the way that people that perceive. That's one of my steals to say. Well, to no, well, here's the thing. The way that you do a fantasy draft is you see the players that people want. Right. And what happens is is like everybody wants Alvin Kamara. Like Even at the top of the draft, people are like, man, I, I know I should take David Johnson, but that Alvin Kamara, he's fun. I want him <laughs> on my team. Right. People that take Kenyon Drake, 
like Dennis, the guy that's helping us with the show and the writer for Gridiron Heights. He's yeah. like, I took Calvin Kenyon Drake in the third round that I didn't even really want him. Like, there's like this, I'm taking him here, but I don't really want him. Right. And you're here telling me that he's more, you know, has more raw ability than Kamara. I, he does. I mean, there's a reason I thought that he had a chance to be uh, the rookie of the year a few years back. He does have a f- fumbling issue. That's going to be really one of the biggest things we have to watch. It was at Alabama. It, it surfaced a little last year, but you know, yeah, I think it's it's the modern day running back. But what the about set. all these reports that he's going to split carries with Frank Gore with Adam Gase? Yeah, okay, great. I could just tell you Frank Gore ain't going to look like Kenyon Drake when he runs through that first hole. Frank Gore is really good, but he can't do the things Kenyon Drake good. What about an Adam Gase offense? I think I think it should really suit him well. I do. I think he's got a plenty of ways to throw to the ball out of the backfield and feature little specific schematics on how to get him the ball. All right, did, am I right? Was it last week? He, didn't he catch a wheel route out of the backfield? I, I, I got so many damn games and highlights in my head. Who did? And, I thought Kenyon Drake? Drake caught a Kenyon wheel Drake route. Kenyon Drake had like a 30-yard catch. He did, right? Okay, yeah. I know. I can't – I got watched – Monster catch. Yes. He had a 30-yard run and a 30-yard reception. So that's what I mean. He's 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 like an Alvin Kamara, except I think he's a hair stronger and a hair straightaway faster. And I really he think Kamara's awesome. Much. Right. All right, let's do some game notes. We're going to start with the Thursday game, Browns-Eagles. Uh, oh, Miles Garrett. Did you just bar- bur- a burp? Yeah, but I didn't what do you- it into the microphone. Oh, well, the fans want to hear it. They want it to be real. <laughs> uh, Miles Garrett is unbelievable. He really is. One guy, though, that you said was not that unbelievable was Jamie Collins. Yeah. Maybe the the one face that everyone kind of knew after the trade. Right. You wrote, Jamie Collins is definitely not 100% running full speed. And right. later you added, Jamie Collins is not good. Well, so what's happening? Well, I, I just feel like I thought about Bill Belichick right off the bat. Yes, he's certainly not running to full speed. Uh, and we saw that a little bit with the interception he had uh, during the game. Remember the interception he caught on Nick Foles? Yes. He, he tries to run across the field. I mean, I mean, the offensive lineman ran Was that down. the one where Jamie, we, Nick Foles just like threw it right to right him? Right to his chest, that was right? Awful. I know. He never saw him, which tells you that the game is going fast we'll get for to Nick that Foles. In a second, I know. But, Jamie but Collins. yes, I just saw too many undisciplined plays where, okay, he's always been like that to a degree, but. And you're, and sometimes you're gonna mess up, and I, I get all that. But he used to have the physical explosion too to go. Okay, I was supposed to be in the C gap, but I'm in the B gap, and damn, there goes the running back in my gap. I'll just blow the lineman up and push him into the gap, and we'll figure out a way to get it done. Or, or I'll just use my speed and run through the B gap and get the running back just as he's getting to the C gap. Just That's the kind of crap he used to pull pull off, right? Yeah. But with him not moving in that way right now. Yes, he's he's going through the B gap and he's getting through there and the guy's already through the C gap and it's a it's a 20 yard run. And mm. it's just things like that that concern me a little bit with with his play. And they have other good linebackers yeah, right now. Yeah, you really do like the other two. You like Christian Kirksey and Michael Kendricks a lot. I think it's the two best. I don't really understand the Showbert thing, I'm sure. I looked it up. Yeah. So this is how dumb tackles are. Yeah. The three leaders in the NFL last year in tackles right. were Joe Showbert yeah. of the Cleveland Browns. Right. Blake Martinez of the Green Bay Packers and Preston Brown, who's now on the Bengals. Right. I mean, it goes back to our old, um, who was our conversation, right, Lefka? I remember back in the day, the guy that filled in for Patrick Willis, the white linebacker from uh, Wisconsin. Yes. Yes. I know. The but, one that retired and everyone says he was amazing. He had he had 18 tackles against the Rams. He led the NFL that week in tackles. It was so amazing. 
and I'm not sitting here trying to make fun of anybody or anything. Chris Borland. Chris Borland. Thank you very much. But like of the 18 tackles that week, I, I remember we talked about it. Like 16 of them were like 12 yards down the field. Like he had already run through the line of scrimmage, and oh wow, you got a tackle! Great, you were supposed to make the tackle three yards past the line of scrimmage. Mm. You're a linebacker. That's where you play. You're chasing them and making the tackle. So yeah. yes, I, I don't see it with Schobert. I don't know. But I don't you like get it. Kendricks and uh, Kirksey a lot. I, Kirksey for sure. And Kendricks. Yeah, Kirksey's become one of the leaders on the team. When you watch Hard Knocks, I've he's seen the a guy. Little. Oh, that. He, and he should be. I mean, he's he's a player, man. He really is. He's great on all three downs. Uh, other just little notes, and then we're going to get to the other big topic from this game. Other notes you wrote, David Njoku has a chance to be special. Yes. You wrote that Baker Mayfield never loses control of the ball. Such never. a quality thrower. Yep. Uh, you wrote that Caleb Brantley pops for the Browns. He really does. On the Eagles side, you think that Josh Sweat could be special, but yep. will the knee hold up? Yeah. Uh, you wrote that Sidney Jones versus Avante Maddox will be entertaining. So you're telling me that the former could-be first-round pick is battling with the guy that got taken like the fourth round. It seems like Sidney's got the edge right now, but I, like Avante I think that Sidney is not the guy he was yet. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I think when I look at Maddox and I look at the play on the field, I think it's very close. And I think Maddox has maybe another gear right now that Sidney Jones can't hit because of that Achilles and still not you know, being the guy he once was. Uh, I do. I think that'll be interesting to watch as we go along. You also wrote that DeAndre Carter is the most explosive wide receiver on the field for the Eagles. Yes. Number two, he does pop every time I turn on the game. Just Now, you're, some of your good guys aren't out there. They're not out there. But he's still out of the group that you've had out there the last two games. Yes, he's he's the guy. He's the guy when I turn on the film, I go, damn, who is that two, two yards in front of everybody else getting off the ball? Oh, it, it's DeAndre. Again. It is. Yeah. The other, though, thing that you wrote down that we need to talk about is this. Nick Foles. <laughs> no. You wrote, even the completed passes are off target. Doesn't give wide receiver any chance for yards after catch. Foles is a step slow for modern NFL. Pocket movement is not up to par with good quarterbacks. His first interception was worse than rookie. Second interception was rookie shit again. Yeah. How is the guy that tore up the Vikings and tore up the Patriots looking this bad in the preseason. It, it is a little, you know, I'm dumbfounded, too, to be that drastic, that polar opposite, really, right? Um, it, his throwing mechanics look a little off in general to me. Like, he's leaning forward. I wish I could demonstrate a little bit. But none of the nothing's crisp out of his hands. I mean, I know you're watching. You see every throw has got semi-wobble on it. It's a slant route. Oh, the receiver caught it, but he had to fall down. Right. Or it was a foot behind him, and he couldn't run full speed to actually make something happen. Every throw is questionable. Every throw is questionable. And uh, I, I don't have it. You do have years where you're better or worse. I just don't know if. He's just not a starting NFL quarterback. I think that's what we're kind of seeing, really. It's crazy to say that Nick Foles is not a starting NFL quarterback when I just watched him do that to the I Patriots. know. I just think there's a there's a different there's a different feel of being the guy and having to be the guy from day one in training camp. Yeah, but if you could be the guy in the Super Bowl, then you can be it in week three I, of the preseason. I, 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 I get that, I know, but it's there is something to it. Like I get it, he should be totally free. But again, you know, there was a working period that he got to to get to be that guy with the New England Patriots, and the other, the rest of the team was way ahead of him, and it afforded him the luxury to kind of catch up. And right now, they need him to be the forerunner. I guess is what I'm trying to say. The guy that's hey, hey, 
Vitae's not real good right now. Things like this are not perfect. We need you to make some plays right now to carry us. That's what Carson Wentz did last year. Do you think, because Doug Peterson kind of flipped out on a reporter because he asked when Carson Wentz yeah, is going yeah. to be cleared. Yeah. Do you think the way Foles has looked is the reason Doug Peterson snapped because maybe he's a little stressed out because he's seeing what's happening right now? Yeah, it's, I don't adding, think, it's I, adding to it. I don't sure. think people realize, if you look at the first 14 weeks of the Eagles, yeah. they were not that great of a team. Right. Carson Wentz was that special. you got to say it, man, because I say it and people think I'm just a That's why I, I was, Eagles fan. I'm you looking tell at them. the Eagles roster, yeah. okay? They don't have LeGarrette Blunt. So it's going to be a little bit different yeah, right now. Right. I look at their wide receivers, and it's okay to say that it is a big step down in my mind between Torrey Smith to Mike Wallace right now. Yeah, They're going to need more of the other guys. Yeah. I think it's also a step back from Trey Burton to Dallas Goddard. Yeah. Just in terms of athlete, he's, he's a longer strider. He's, a rookie, he's not the everything. same guy. Yes. I don't know what I'm getting out of Darren Sproles at this point. And the Eagles offensive line, other than Jason Peters, was pretty healthy the whole year. Yeah. And from what I saw with Holly Pooley, Vali Vite, if they don't have Jason Peters, they could really be in trouble. Yeah. Defensively, Nigel Bradham suspended for the first game against Atlanta. Mm-hmm. The defensive line, t- Timmy Jernigan's banged up, and Michael Bennett and Haloti Nada haven't looked that great thus far. Right. And the Bennett second, didn't even start. I mean, not Bennett. I mean, Nagata. Vio starting, right. But I look at this team and I go, yes, they overcame a lot of injuries, but they were historically successful on third and fourth down last year right. to the point where you've never seen it before. We're talking like 75% like six, uh, succession rate Four, on like third and long. 14. 14 what? Oh, 11 is his number. 11. Carson Wentz. He was, he was incredible. He was the best third down quarterback in the sport. How many times have we sit here at Bleacher Report, watch TVs and go... Holy crap, he yes. broke that tackle and made that throw. Or he broke that tackle and made that run. Yes. Those statistics regress to the mean. I will guarantee you that the Eagles will not be as good at third down and fourth down as they were last year. Mm-hmm. And if they don't have a special guy in there like Carson Wentz to make up for everything, then they're just not that good of a football team. They're probably a 9-7, and 10-6 and six football team. And if... Carson Wentz not out there. They're a seven and nine football team. That's just the real. That's the reality of this Eagles team. Sure. So I think that's why Doug's getting a little stressed out. I I, I think you're totally right. He's stressed out because the offense isn't doing good. He's got the Super Bowl MVP who's playing like a true backup, and he's got people asking him every day about Carson Wentz. And of course, if Carson Wentz was cleared, he's going to tell you he's cleared right away. He's not trying to hide it. So he's just. It's getting to that time of the year where stress levels are getting up for head coaches because they got to figure out rosters, yes. they're cutting players, and their minds are already going to week one regular season right now. It's like, oh gosh, screw preseason game number four. All he's thinking about is he just watched Atlanta film probably right before that and was like, damn, they're good. They're just as fast as last year and more dangerous, and we've looked like crap. I'm making this prediction now. Atlanta's going to win? Yes. Yeah. Atlanta's going to beat Philadelphia to open the season. They're going to be super motivated after they went to Philadelphia and really had the Eagles beat. Yeah. They were the better team for like three You're and a half quarters. You're not allowed to pick them, though. So, yeah. No, I'm a very I, much, I picked I know, I've actually been thinking about it, too. I, I, I already have. I'm yeah. getting on the record. Okay. So if you pick them, you're just following me. I'm going to. Th- 
you're trying to say. I'm also thinking about the Patriots collapsing to the Chiefs last year in the first game. Right. And I'm like, I could totally see that happen. Yeah, it happens. It's human. I mean, the banners. I also come think out. Atlanta's going to have a very good year. Yeah, well, Atlanta's. I hear that a lot of people good. call us Falcons haters, but they're damn good. good. Uh, let's go to Panthers, Patriots. We're not going to get to all the news and notes, but I'm going to get to the big one. Let's start off with the Panthers. Big one was this. Carolina offense has a totally different feel than Mm. any other year with Cam Newton during this era. More formations, more traditional running game. Cam Newton looks really good. Yes, I want to hate on North Turner. (laughs) I'm just going to say this. Everybody, I'm still annoyed that North Turner, that Mike Zimmer went into North Turner's offense and says, your offense sucks. You're ranked 32nd in the NFL. And North Turner said, I quit. Yeah. Who and, and he's been given a free pass. No one remembers it. Yeah. If any other player quit on a team, they'd call him an absolute like they call Martellus Bennett a quitter in Green Bay. They hate him. Right. But North Turner's off the hook. Right. And I think that his offense wasn't that great anyway. I think it's kind of old. It's it's we still talk all, about we I give him credit for teams twenty years ago with the Cowboys. Right. Twenty years ago. Almost thirty years ago at this point. But what are you noticing that's that's different? Let's go positive after my little hate rant. All right, yes. Let's let's just clear. All right, the Cowboys was awesome. So was the Chargers when he was there with Ladanian Tomlinson. Okay. So let's just do him yeah, as due respect. Right. And, and listen, I get annoyed with that whole thing too. And I also get annoyed that Norv's got his whole family down there as the yeah. offense coordinator because it's just a league problem. It's not necessarily personal to Norv, but I mean, they want to wonder why there's minority issues in the league and all that. It's because every coordinator and head coach has their like seven levels of their family tree on the roster uh so but the film the film is basically this the array of formations and concepts and screens and the different ways to run the football it's no longer a college type offense with a few professional drop back pass game concepts it is a true nfl drop back pass game there's lots of screens there's pulling guards and downhill run game and cam is not just sitting there like early in the preseason he was a little bit like in his old way of like let me hold the ball and wait for the guy to be 30 yards down the field and then i'll rifle it in there i do see norv is teaching him to be a quarterback teaching him when to you know know when to hold him and when when to fold him okay it's covered it's not there let's not take the extra three hitches and wait for him to come open just throw it underneath it's that drastic and of a different appearance I, I think, even though it's preseason yeah i do the offense looks dramatically different it really does and they got yeah they got something going because with our man curtis samuel jumping on in the show last week to show me okay here comes curtis samuel and dj Moore, and dj Moore, and, and Funches has looked very good and olsen's healthy and mccaffrey and mccaffrey I start to go, damn, they're quietly getting like uh, what we always talk about with the good offenses, right? I am overdrafting McCaffrey in every one of my fantasy yeah, leagues. Yeah, I, I understand that. I know. Do you think he can last the whole year as a primary guy? You know, I always thought in college he would die out. I was like, yeah, he can't do this downhill Stanford run game. There's no way. But the little, the little fucker's quick, and he knows how to just get out of the way from the huge car crashes. So I'm going to say yes. Yeah, you wrote, you ended your Carolina take with, fuck, the NFC is good, Carolina Panthers. I mean, the NFC South. Like, I have a hard time believing the Carolina Panthers are going to be good. Like, they lost all those offensive linemen. I know. And they look pretty damn good. They're really? The ones they got in there. I, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie. When I, I think one of the things I wrote in my notes is, you know, some of these guys are better than I gave credit for. 
Uh, and again, this is always the hardest thing about our job. It's these second-tier offensive linemen that we don't get to see a lot of. Yes. And you think a guy goes down, and you go, oh, damn, he's he's this guy backing up a little better than I thought. Like Taylor Moton, the kid they drafted a few years ago. Remember him? Yeah. Uh, he, he's doing a pretty good, uh, damn good job. You know, they got the Cyrils kid in there who's been around the league a little bit in different places, did okay. It's yeah, hard, we'll man. see. Like, but... Holly Pulley Valley Vitae was yep. great in the rest of the season, and then he's looked awful thus far. Uh, so, all right, Patriots notes. Explain this to me. Yeah. You wrote, Patriots offense ran Y stick smoke. I can't believe it. And you put in three exclamation points. Yes. What does that mean? Because this is another thing of the NFL doesn't pay attention to what New England does, okay? Or doesn't do. New England doesn't like New England doesn't have a three step drop back pass game. They don't do it really. I bet you you can count on one hand the amount of times that Tom Brady took a three step drop and threw a slant route last year. They don't do it. They don't do. What do they do? They don't do. If they do a slant or something like that, you're going to see the old play action pass, and he's going to come up, and it's not a three step. It's more of a five to eight step slant where he's going to come across the they middle. They don't throw slants? Not really. No. If you really. Well, as the year goes on, I'll show you. Why stick is basically like the five yard out route from the tight end. It's, to me, one of the dumber plays in all of football. Why? It's like, it's a constant, the risk-reward is just not what, like, some of these West Coast coaches think. You know, it's the kind of plays, like, where Brian Hoyer threw the pick sixes on last year for the, when he was playing for the 49ers. There's a bunch of other number ones. Oh, let me, let me drop back three steps and stare at the big freaking tight end who's next to the awesome defense end and, and Nickelback all the linebackers and the, the Telvin corners. Smiths of the world. They're all there. And let me real quick look at them and then rifle a ball into them, into a crowd of people. Oh, we got four yards. I threw the perfect throw for four yards. It's the dumbest crap ever. New England doesn't do that shit. It's like the same thing with New England on the goal line. I wanted to write for Carolina. Their goal lines, they drove down the field the first drive of the game. They're pulling guards on the one-yard line. New England doesn't pull guards on the one-yard line because they're not going to let great defense attack replace the pulling guard and then ruin the play from behind it's just i, I just sometimes go just the they also do not throw the ball high at the goal line exactly they always throw it low, low in the front high in the back yes they're that's what i i just don't they know if people rules. are watching the patriots sometimes like those are things no because what they're looking at it's is lucky it's brady no 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 uh, no no what? they're looking at scheme and they're looking at bigger picture and they're missing yeah, the details yeah. you know what book i just started reading what the 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 score takes care of itself. Oh, it's the I've Bill heard Walsh, of that. right, 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 right. Okay, Bill Walsh is so freaking meticulous yeah. that it's almost not a good read. Yeah, because he's so detailed to everything. He literally sat down the secretaries with how they're supposed to answer the phones. Hello, you've called the same because that detail needed to be ironed out. Yeah. And he has no patience. Bill Belichick is the same way. And it's the details that separate you. The fact that I didn't realize, and I don't think a lot of people realize, that the Patriots don't run slants. I feel like my entire life I've watched Edelman and Amendola no. run slants. Yeah, because you've seen them catch those short footballs. But what Brady is doing more times than not is looking at a five-step concept to his left, right? Maybe Gronkowski on a 12-yard out route with Philip Dorsett on the outside running a go route or a post route over the top. He gives it a quick look and goes, oh, it's not there. And then you have the Edelmans and the Amendolas who are like running jerk routes or option routes and they're reading the and coverage routes, and coming across. Their routes across. are a slam, but it's a late developing it's a late, right. It's like, take your time. 
Tom's not going to get there right away. Yeah. Let the linebacker think you might sit there, and then he's going to come to you, and as soon as he comes to you, fly across his face and run a shallow cross, and Tom's going to hit you, and you're going to run for 20 more yards. So when you saw the Y-stick smoke... I couldn't believe it, and I, it almost it was not a good play. I, I, it almost got intercepted, and I wanted to be like, I, I bet you Tom watched film the next day and said, don't call that play ever again. Don't call it. Like, I don't want to deal with it. Did you rewind it a lot? I did. I rewound it a few times because they don't do that or double Josh slants or any of that. Says? So, Not now. But text him what? Just be like, I can't believe you ran Y stick smoke. Oh, you're talking about Josh McDaniel. I thought yeah. you were talking about our Josh. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, no. I will. Josh McDaniel would be like, I cannot believe. And I'm, I'd be curious, like, if he responds to you, like, has he ever done it before? Well, I remember in one of my meetings in Denver, we call two slant. New England calls two slants tosser, right? For and that's two a slant slants. On either slide? No, like the same two slants from the gotcha. same so side. So the, the, the back receiver almost replaces right, the or first he, receiver. Exactly right. So it's like that, right? And I know Brady threw an interception on it early in his career. And he hates and it. And he now? hates it. He hates That's it. So funny. And I remember McDaniel's when I was in Denver, like, here's Tosser. I don't call him much. Tom hated this play. He threw a pick or you know, and it's hard. So Tom has a play that he kind of got a bad taste in his mouth early on, and he just doesn't want it the rest of his career. Yeah. It's a it's again, it's a risk reward thing too, to where you know, you're wh- not really getting a chance to look at where the defense is. You're kind of throwing it blind. Exactly. How, how many times have you seen like those good slot guys who are they're covering the inside slant and they see the eyes go to the outside and they drop off and get underneath the yeah. outside slant, right? So those are the things. That's Why? Awesome. Why put Tom in that position? Let Tom drop back and he'll read it out and he's going to find the right guy. So don't make him have to make this quick, no-nonsense decision. The only other Patriots nugget that I – I mean, there's a lot that I wrote down, but one was Dante Howard Hightower – excuse me – Dante Hightower doesn't look the same. His legs and explosion do not look good. Yeah, not that's upsetting. It is upsetting because I do like him, and maybe it'll come around again. He's another guy that's been out of football here for a little bit, but yeah, I just did not see the same explosive sledgehammer type of guy that I've seen, you know, in years past from him. You know, one more that I just have to bring up with the Danny Shelton thing real quick. You said that Danny Shelton looks so much better versus the pass and the run. This is why they got him to push the pocket. I really think it is. I mean, in run game, he's not what you would think. It's not like, oh. That's surprising. You're not running the ball on New England with Danny Shelton there. I want to be like, no, you're going to run it for like three or four yards if he's there. But the pass game, what? That's been what he's been doing this preseason. And that's what I really think that's why Bill got him. I really do. We've always talked about them pushing so you the think, pocket. A lot of people think he's going to be out on third down. You're like, no, he might only be in on he, third down. Exactly right. Really? Exactly. What is so special about his pass rush? He's just got he's got a pretty good initial explosion to go straight ahead, and when he catches that guard in the pass set to take a step back, it's just too much momentum for them to stop right off and the he's bat. Quick enough to and keep he going. gets his hands underneath your breast or your pectorals. And these guys are like, oh, gosh, and they can't stop themselves. Speaking of, I saw a clip of Geno Atkins lifting Vladimir Dukas <laughs> off the ground. Right? His feet were off the ground. I know. Bengals beat the crap out of the Bills. We yeah. were texting during the game. Right. Uh, did, did Josh Allen need to get the ball out sooner, or did he just not have any time at I'll, all? I'll watch the film, but no. I mean, those were like... Those were like, it doesn't, I don't care. He got sacked five times, right? I think I thought like, 
four of them, no quarterback in football would have got out of that. And there was one that maybe he could have got out of his hand. Yeah. But Gino, Andrew Billings and them a few times. And Carl Lawson. I mean, it was like, party at the quarterback, meet you there. Look, I I loved Andrew Billings in the draft yeah. just because he was built exactly like Gino Atkins. Right, right. They told a story yesterday, Charles Davis, and it was one of my favorites, that he broke like the lifting records of Mark Henry. Him and Gino, I mean, that's proud. That is proud. And then Carl Lawson is special. He is. He man. is special. That he was, is. It's, uh, and John Ross had a good play. John Ross had a good play. Man, if they can get that out of John Ross, oh. you know, watch out. Especially um, right after, like, last week when I trashed But, man, Josh Allen scares me. What just, do you mean? Just like Carson Wentz. Willingness to take physical contact. Damn, his go, head was banging off the. Turf. I mean, go down. He's got a de- he's got a three technique defensive tackle hanging on his back, and he's still standing up. Like, and then the guy falls off him and almost falls and clips his knee and hurts him, but he still can stay up because he's because he's that strong, strong. right? Yeah. And it's always those guys. Dude, I feel the same way with Lamar Jackson. You got to know they're going to kill himself. Gosh, you just got to go down sometimes. You got to realize this is not you know. Wyoming, and you're not playing North Dakota State with like a defensive tackle who's 275 pounds. The guys that are 275 pounds now are linebackers and defense ends, and they're a lot faster and stronger. And the D tackles are 320, and you just can't do it. And if you fight that, that hamstring will like pop the off hamstring the hamstring or ACL's going to go. Uh, Giants, Jets. Yeah. You wrote every ball that Darnold throws, it barely makes it to the target. Yeah. Wide receiver always has to go down to get it. Just not a lot of impressive in the pocket passes yet. Yes. I watched the game and I thought he played pretty well. Yes. He just gave me four heart attacks with balls like barely getting over a corner's hand. Right. I think he's great moving in the pocket. Mm-hmm. I think he really does protect the ball. He does. But those outside throws scare me to death. Yeah. And I also don't think Robbie Anderson's going to be a factor. This it, year. It, it doesn't seem if that Sam way. Darnold starts. I don't see Robbie Anderson being a big factor. I I, I don't know either. You're right, and uh, you know I'm not so sure that they they like they're not going to be desperate without him. They're they're, they're kind of sneaky good at tight end and wide receiver. But yeah, I would say I've seen everything I've wanted to see from Sam Darnold, except for that the ability. I have not had that in the pocket. Five or six throws, ten throws, whatever it may be. Like I've seen Rosen or Mayfield or Allen go, where I've just been like, man, whoa, what a throw! That was great. Now he's made good throws. His his feet and ability to escape the pocket and throw in the run are all still phenomenal. Yes. But yeah, I mean, would the you game- feel comfortable starting him in Week One? I would. Me too. Yeah, I would. He just don't those outs. Yeah, I know. Because they're going to go to the house. And he can fix it. Like, I broke it down and really watched him mechanically and was oh, like... last game? Yeah, I All did. All right, so what did you come so across? He, he's got to learn to get, like, his back foot underneath him, right? What's so, he doing? So he guts it. Sometimes he doesn't take that little hitch gather step, and he tries to just let his foot hit, and he just tries to throw it. So I'm he's standing step, up. step, step, throw instead right. of step, step, gather, And then throw. gather, like the Aaron Rodgers crow hop, where, again, like, I'm up, I'm standing, I don't care right now, but... Yes, like I'm a lefty throwing to you, yeah. and I want my left leg to be underneath my left shoulder. It's my position of power, right? Yeah. Uh, you don't want it to be out here, right? I mean, where's is power? Where his is? Well, it gets out there at times, and it compromises it. And how can you throw the ball up with trajectory, too, if your leg's out here like this, right? I mean, I know you don't play golf a lot or whatever, but if you're going to drive a ball and try to hit it 350 Same yards with baseball. off. Or, yeah, exactly right. You're not going to put your back foot way outside of your shoulder and yeah. then go, I'm still going to be as powerful. 
you know. Listen, man, I'm pretty damn good at wiffle ball. I know what you're talking. But your about. back leg was yeah, it was underneath you. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, you like the Jets' defense. You were very impressed with the Giants' run defense. You think it could be top five? Yeah. The big thing, though, that I take away was your takes on the Giants' offense. Yeah. You said the Giants' offense is good. They're going to drive downfield a lot. If Saquon and Odell don't make incredible plays, though, can the Giants score touchdowns? Because you wrote Manning is not capable of making big-time throws or moving like other good quarterbacks. Right. You did say, though, that the play-action crossers is a staple of the Giants' offense, and you think the Giants have the perfect team to do that with Odell yeah. and Ingram and right. Sterling Shepard. And Saquon. And you like that Eli. Eli was aggressive. He's maybe not like even the throw to, to the deep throws were a little short, right? But he was still throwing them. He was coming out firing. That's the first thing. I, I feel like the last few years we've gotten Eli of, oh, I'll just check it down, or oh, I'm going to throw for sixty nine percent. You know, like screw sixty nine percent. You got players, you got people there, you got yards to be had. Let it loose, let it go. Yes, Shermer's offense, those crossers, they're so vital to what they do, and it is always a great formula. It, it's something that's really. I think more offenses should call those type of plays more, like like we were just talking about with New England. They kind of do like it the slam. I feel like that's all Stephon Diggs and Thielen were exactly last right, year. right. That's all I thought about too when I'm watching the game. I'm like, this is what Thielen and Diggs did all yeah. year last year. Um, but yeah, the point about the red zone, yeah, they can't rely on Eli. They're a little bit like the Falcons last year. Yeah, they have to if they find don't a score from 40 yeah. yards out with Telvin Coleman. They're in a box. Right. And that's not their offense because he's just not the kind of guy that's going to buy a whole lot of time. And he's not going to throw rifles into the back of the end zone, and we're going to be like, oh, whoa, he fit it in there. Why don't that they was just amazing. lob it to Odell every yeah, time? Yeah, I mean, I think that's what they'll have to do, or they're going to have to find creative screens with the receivers or a Saquon, stuff well, like that. Well, that's the key that we're not talking about is we got one play of Saquon I know. this preseason. Yeah. If Sa- we don't, we have very high hopes for Saquon. Mm-hmm. We have no idea how he's going to be. No, we don't. But in the in down the red zone, that's what we're going to learn. Yeah, I, I would think that yes, they're going to call Jonathan your bluff. Stewart's not the answer. No, he is not. I almost don't think he should make the team. I, I mean, he's definitely not I'd as good as Wayne Gallman. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. I think it's about over for Jonathan Stewart. He's been awesome. He's an NFL legend. But yeah, he's he's to that age where it's just there's no explosion. Uh, Raiders, Packers, first play deep post to Amari Cooper. I agree. He looked great. Man, he has. He's another one of those guys. Really great in in fifty fifty balls. Yes, he it's is. It's like his specialty. And where, where's he going to go in fantasy draft? He's going a lot in fantasy drafts towards the middle end of the third round. Wow. So that's probably around like what thirty six. And where do really good receivers usually go? Uh. Antonio's going top five. Odell's going top seven, eight with DeAndre Hopkins is going top seven, eight. Odell's going top 10, 11 with um, Michael Thomas, Keenan Allen. Then Devontae Adams is in that middle group of the second round with A.J. Green. I think and then you, got, you get Mike Evans. And then on the way back, you're getting like the T.Y. Hilton's, Larry Fitzgerald's. Ooh, man, Amari Cooper needs to be in that. I'm just, for my, for my two cents, Gruden... It, it, they're I'm, calling him his main vein. That's what I mean. Gruden's going to, I'm telling you, everything they do in the past game is going to be around Amari Cooper. If I know John Stop Gruden. ruining our fantasy okay. draft. But he would be a guy where, I'm not saying he's the Antonio Odell. Can I tell you the problem, though? Is yeah. As someone who's had Amari Cooper on their team for multiple yeah, years, right. he can just disappear. Well, he only did this last year. The other years before that, he was pretty consistently I don't good. know. He'll have some games. Last year tough. was horrible. Yeah, but it wasn't all him. Round. He had drops, certainly. Derek Carr was hurt. You wrote the Raiders' tackles are the big question. Yeah. The interior three are special, but the two tackles are, quote, barely hanging on. Yeah. So that's Donald Penn and Colton Miller. 
You wrote Colt Miller looks good. I'm worried about his bend. I saw Colt Miller get destroyed a few times by the Packers. He does. I mean, he does every week. He's it's the same thing in college a little bit. This is why I wasn't in love with him, and I do think he was overdrafted because it was a light draft in tackles in general. So he ended up being a mid first rounder. Um, and yes, I don't think he was only what was he seven or eight spots behind a McGlinchey. I want to go like no, he should have been like thirty spots behind a McGlinchey. But uh, yes. He does scare me at that position, especially in year one. He's got a Nate Solder body. He certainly has the body to be something, yes. but his ability to anchor in there in in the against the power rush is scary. And he just does not have great bend in his hips to where he can really just squat down and get yes. his body. He kind of leans with his how upper is, body. How was Donald? Donald, Donald was Penn. okay. It wasn't great. Uh, he got caught on skates a few times yeah. where he got caught in bad positions, got pushed back into the quarterback. Um, but, yeah, they're, they're, they got to catch up to the interior line because that's a special interior line. Packers defense did look special. Reggie Gilbert popping again. Yeah, uh, Muhammad Wilkerson, you wrote, looks like his old form. He does. Uh, Josh Jackson and Jair, you wrote, both have great ball skills. Jair on the pick was phenomenal. Phenomenal. Kind of undercutting the wide receiver, getting underneath. Yep. But you wrote, it's all going to come down to three guys. Can Wilkerson, Kenny Clark, and Mike Daniels stay healthy? Yeah. And if they don't... I think they're in trouble, that defense, because I think so much of what they do is going to be predicated on their ability to control those A, B, and C gaps yes. up front. And they're, you know, those three together, if you get the Muhammad Wilkerson that we saw two years ago with the Jets and things like that, yeah, they'll be they'll be immovable because Mike Daniels is one of the best interior D linemen in football. And then Kenny Clark is good, and Muhammad can be special, and he can really clog things up and do a lot of different things for your D-line. But, yeah, I just look at their their middle linebackers like you and I talk about where it's not great, and uh, I think they're going to have to put a lot of pressure on those guys to stop the run by themselves a lot of the time. Uh, I am not going to do another podcast without talking about the Raiders' young defensive lineman. It's doing a disservice yeah, because Raiders fans hit us up all the time, and to be honest – Arden Key, Maurice Hurst, P.J. Hall, and this kid, Fadol Brown. Yeah. Every time I watch Raiders games, they're popping off the screen. Uh, yes, they are. I mean, the Arden Key thing. So hold on, realize this. They took P.J. Hall in the second round of this draft. Right, he's the ball. P.J. Hall's the one from Sam Houston State. He's six foot 308 pounds. Right. Then in the third round, they come back and they take Arden Key, the freak athlete at LSU. Yes. And the fifth round, get Maurice Hurst, that a lot of people thought he was going to go earlier in the draft, but he had some medical issues. Yeah. Yes, right. This Fadol Brown, I just opened up this profile. He was a guy. Yeah, I don't. He was a free agent that was from Mississippi that I don't think got drafted last year. No, he did not. And this is their second, their second line. Yes, they look bigger than everyone they play. Well, yes. Now, Am I overhyping them? They're not big guys though, so don't think that. Maurice like, her- Hurst is. How these six one two ninety two? Right, that's what I mean. They're not. They're not then that way. Why do way. they look so big? It, it's part of the Raiders uniform. That's why the, the the Raiders look scary when they're walking on the field. I mean, I truly do believe that to a degree. Yes, they have. You one sounded of those... like an extra in Departed. <laughs> you gonna you gonna drink that cranberry juice? <laughs> that cranberry juice. Okay, so they actually look bigger than they actually are. Yes, but they Maurice still... Hurst looks six five. I know, and he's not. Uh, and it's funny because if you saw him in a Michigan uniform, you'd go, oh, yeah, he doesn't look that big. Uh, Arden Key, I, I guess, I, I, you know, I wasn't in love with him in the draft. Oh. I, I was like, oh, I don't it's know. He's got Daniel some potential. He, but I obviously got him wrong with these LSU pass rushers. Uh, or, or, yes, those, those type of guys. But they're going to contribute, certainly. Hurst can be a, 
uh, disruptor. He's not going to be a guy that holds like the gap and takes on double teams. He can be more of that Geno Atkins can beat you with yes. speed three technique Dude, type of guy. Dude, he had a spin move in that game that was unbelievable. I know, I know. Yeah, I, I think I I misevaluated him in the draft. He's better than what I thought to this point, certainly. Hey, it happens. Yeah, it does. But they also signed DRC, which I think they definitely needed there. But they did. The Raiders are, are interesting, but I definitely agree with you. Their tackles look scary. Yes, very scary. Uh, let's move on let's to— not, Just don't forget, too, with the Raiders. They've been lucky. To, they really like haven't had to play a lot of starting offensive linemen either yet, right? Packers so like, were playing a lot of backups. Right. The Rams the week before played nobody. Okay. So, so you're I'll seeing PJ Hall and them. No, they've still been phenomenal. There's no doubt okay. about it. But just remember that like some of those guys are seeing like third stringers when they're getting to go in there. Reggie Gilbert for the Packers is going in. He's going to get see the starters. Reggie Gilbert reminds me who was the Detroit lineman that uh Kerry Hyder? Kenny yeah, Kerry Hyder. Just right. like like, oh, it's just preseason. And then he had like seven sacks in seven weeks. Right. Like, that's what I'm seeing with Reggie Gilbert he, right now. They really haven't had a guy like him in a while. No, they have not. And it's good because Clay Matthews is not the, the great pass rusher we once knew. Nick Perry is really their guy. But this will give them another guy, yeah, that they can add in the rotation. Steelers-Titans. Yeah. You wrote, oh, Big Ben looks phenomenal. Phenomenal. Quicker and so pure. Right. What are we going to see out of Big Ben this year? Big year. I really like what I saw from the Steelers in general. Uh, the Steelers have changed my mind in the last two weeks. Like I thought maybe it was like, man, are they going to be like a little hangover? Like We should have won the Super Bowl last year, and we screwed it up ourselves. Um, but, man, I mean, Big Ben just comes in the game and just doesn't miss a beat. I mean, you know. Pure. Pure. Every ball that came out of his hand was pure. I mean, he looks different with how skinny he is. He does. And like he's, his he's quicker, like he you said. I mean, he does. His feet are popping as he's going through his reads instead of the old Ben who just would like, you know, again, I'm going to stand up one more time where he would just stand there flat-footed and go through reads and be like, nope, he's not open. Nope, he's not open. Let me, oh, I'm ready now. And he a little bounce. Yeah, a little bounce. Exactly right. So you're expecting a big year. I am. I am. Definitely. We'll find out how big. We'll find out how big. Yes. Uh, And their defense. All right. Let's get to that side of the ball. One guy is really impressing you. Matthew Thomas. Settling in at middle linebacker, which I guess was Shazier's role there. Playing a little bit in early nickel. You wrote, later on in your notes, you wrote, I like Thomas. Yes. You underlined it, and then you gave it a double star. Yeah. Because... That's big. It is. It is. I think... um, I double started it because okay, right now they got Vince Williams. And, Who is this Matthew Thomas and John, and John Bosick? I don't know a lot about him. He was somebody that was later. He's out of Miami, later guy. I didn't study him coming out in the draft. You know me because I'm only really responsible for like the first yeah, two, three Thomas rounds. Was a free agent out of Florida State. Florida State. Sorry, I said Miami. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know nothing uh, much about him other than what I've seen really this preseason. And I saw him last week, and I said, damn, this kid looks pretty good. And then this week, yeah, he got in there with the ones again. And anytime you get in there in the ones, I don't care what capacity, you're going in on the ones, I'm going to go, damn, who are you? And what are you doing? Because the coach values you at that point. It's not like they're just throwing you in there preseason game number one. Like, oh, you know, this is preseason game three. Stefan Tuitz of the world were out there. Bud Dupree's Joe Hayden was out there. And who? This Thomas kid? 
And I just look at that position for that defense. We know how important it is. Vince Williams is a really good football player. Bostic is good and can fill the role, I think, for the smash mouth part. But he's a liability in passing situations. So do you believe that Matthew Thomas is the Shazier replacement for the Steelers? I think like Vince still takes that for Vince now, Williams. Vince Williams. But I think as this goes, you're going to see Vince and this Thomas kid on the field a whole lot. If they want to do Blitzberg and do some of these crazy things, they need a guy that can run and go, oh, you're responsible for this backside A-gap, but when the ball's outside to the, the left side there, we also need you to be fast enough to get out there and make the tackle. Is there any chance that they go the three-safety set with Sean Davis, Morgan Burnett, and, and Terrell Edmonds? They could. And put Terrell Edmonds at middle linebacker? Right, right. They, they could. They could do that, or even a Morgan Burnett could do that. The thing that Terrell Edmonds has... I think he's got special coverage ability. That's where it's like, I don't want to risk him in the box too much because his range, you saw the interception he had, right? The way he got up and ran down the field. And first of all, that was stupid by Mariota. He tackled him with his right shoulder and his thigh. Like, I'm like, come on, man. Um, Let's get to that. Oh, I'll finish about the Steelers. But yes, the Steelers D was... They've changed their back seven. Okay, break this down. You know, because years have we gone, they're just not athletic enough back there. There's not enough players. Joe Hayden looks very good. Artie Burns is, what, year three now. Special athlete. And he's a really special athlete. Sean Davis. Super athlete. Super athlete. Again, year three. So it's no longer just kid running around like a chicken with his head cut off. Morgan Burnett's an athlete. Morgan Burnett's an athlete with a little more size. And now Edmonds, right. And then let's not forget that Stefan Tuitt played the whole year with a torn bicep tendon last year. And Stefan Tuitt's the best player on this defense when healthy. And, man, did he whoop the crap out of the Titans' interior line when he was in there. You wrote that. You wrote the Titans' interior offense is a little scary to you. It is a little scary. So if you flipped the Titans and the Raiders and combined them and put Conklin and Lawan with the Raiders' interior, it's the perfect O-line. Yes. But you're a little bit worried about the interior of the Titans' line. And I would imagine in a Matt LaFleur offense, which is rooted in a Shanahan offense, Guards are very important. Very important. And it's that's scary. I'd rather have, I think, good interior. I'd rather have the Raiders' problem than their problem. I Yeah, because you can hide the tackles. You can help. Backs chipping, tight end over there. It's give hard them to a help shoulder. a guard or a center. Exactly right. And if there's two good defensive tackles, you know, g- good luck trying to help them. Then and, and, and that's kind of what happened to them. It's it's it's, it's Hayward. It's it. Okay, yeah, there's no help. Bud Dupree's on the edge, too. So we right can't... now, their interior offensive line is Quinton Spain, Ben Jones, and Josh Klein. And they started them for them the whole year last yeah, year. Yeah, they did. I know. And it just has not been very impressive to this point. Well, Dennis Kelly's in there right now because Conklin's still hurt. Right. So I don't know how that's going to change. I don't know either. There. Right. But it, it, that was not what jumped out to me. It was more or less just those interior guys. They really struggled in the game. And also, Mariota. Oh, my God. You wrote, Mariota's throwing is a little concerning to me. It's a trend so far in the preseason. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't look good. It's affecting his decision making. Yeah, I do. I think it's effect. I think there was a, a few throws early on where. He saw the guy and he just said, oh, I don't trust myself throwing this. I'm going to check it down and throw an easier one. But. Some of the throws, I don't know how much you saw on highlights or whatever it may be. I wrote this last week, right? We brought this up last week. I can't remember who the hell they played in the preseason game last week. But I, there was a few throws in that game where I was just like, damn. Like, it's okay to be off target, but they were way off target. And I didn't like the look of some of the completions and things like that, I said. He, yes, he's, 
He's just not throwing the ball well. Again, he gets no opposites. He creates no torque with his upper body. He gets a totally still front so now, body. Now you're seeing a trend. I am. And and then he realizes he does it, and he'll try to change his motion. Like he had a throw to Corey Davis on his right side where Corey Davis is running across the middle of the field, and he's wide open. And it's like he thought about, oh, let me do what I've been trying to work on and practice or whatever. And he tried to change his motion mid-throw. Ball went like 10 feet over Corey Davis's head. He's wide open for a 20-yard gain. Went way over his head. Yeah, it's so a little you're scary. you're concerned about the Titans. I'm concerned about him right now. Now, they have enough good players, and they hopefully they can have a run game that they can lean right. on. But, yeah, they're, they're, that's a little yeah, concerning. How confident are you in Derrick Henry this year? Um Like, hmm, the Titans are so tough for me here. Are you more confident in Deion Lewis than Derrick Henry? No, I'm still going to go with Henry as my guy. I think he'll still think he's going to wear people's asses out as the game goes on. Still trying to get uh, fantasy nuggets for people. That's what I'm doing here. Oh, thank you. Uh, Saints Chargers, you wrote that the Saints O-line had their hands full with the Chargers D-line. And you wrote that Marcus Davenport's out there. He's long and rangy. And the Saints need him. They need another stud on the front seven. Doesn't look all that explosive, but strong. Reckless physicality. Reckless physicality. Just doesn't care about his body or anybody else's body he's if, if you're in his way and you're supposed to be tackled he's gonna dive like superman and put his face and body in harm's way and he doesn't care i always love that about any guy like that it's like jadevian Clowney. that's what we always loved about him um he he gets around the edge a few times in the game and i i it just he's such a long strider it doesn't always look pretty but yeah the saints have a lot of good in that front seven we know they only have one stud and that's our man cam, cam jordan, jordan right Sheldon Rankins is good. Amin Yada, I always mess up all these names. They're all good players. Monte Teo in the in the middle is good, um, but yeah, they need another Are you guy. Concerned? No, I'm not concerned. But I just think if they want to be Super Bowl, win the Super Bowl. They need to, they need another threat on that front seven that teams are going to have to worry about in game plan. So I'm just saying they need him to get out there and start producing. They traded away assets for him because they're in win mode now, and he's been dealing with, I believe, a groin injury, right? So they need him to start contributing if they want to kind of get where Did they're expecting to Did he show you enough that when he can be the guy? Yeah, yeah, definitely, yes. So you believe if they have him and Cam Jordan, they'll be good? They'll be a, they'll be a handful, yes, they will be. Um, on the other side, Chargers, you you identified Kazir White, started at middle linebacker, looks good, really fast. Yes. Who's this kid? Kazir White's a kid out of West Virginia, long. I'm going to say he's like 6'2", maybe 230-ish, somewhere in there. Are you pulling him up? Yep. Um, yeah, Jaron, J. Ron Brown or Jaron. Fourth round pick this year. Right. Jatavis Brown's the one on the Chargers. Jatavis Brown is the one on the Chargers. He's he wasn't 6'2", playing. 218. 6'2", 218. Okay, so he's lighter than I thought. He doesn't look that light. But yes, uh, he did pop on film, you know, next there to Denzel Perryman. He's extremely physical. And for a rookie, the thing I was really impressed with is his ability to read and react. Like when he saw a play, he shot his gun. I mean, if he, oh, there's the hole, they're going to run through it. I'm not going to wait for them to come to me and somebody block me or let the running back run over. I'm going to get up in that hole and make things disruptive right away. Yeah, and I do think he's going to be, if they start him, like they need a middle linebacker like that in the pass game. They need him. 
They need a guy that's got a little range and speed. You know, the other guys are a little undersized and kind of those compact type middle linebackers. Chargers and Saints, two yeah. teams I know that you're thinking about putting them in the Super Bowl. I know. Did either of them validate themselves more to you, or did either of them hurt you, themselves for you? No, I don't think any, either one. I don't think either Who was one. More was, impressive, just as a roster. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, this preseason, the Chargers have played more impressively to me, just their overall play. Sean Payton didn't play a lot of guys. You know, Drew Brees has only played spotty here and there. I do think that secondary, you know, for the, the Saints is going to be damn good. Um, Pat, you know, let's not forget your man Patrick Robinson's there down a nickel now. He's you got him and Crawley and Lattimore. That's a pretty good cover three right there. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the Saints, both of these teams are going to be in the mix of things. I just would be shocked. Mm. We haven't even seen like the forest lamps contribute. Right. That's where like I turn on the Chargers every week and I go, "Oh, let me see what the new old line looks like." Oh, they're opening up some holes. Maybe they have some other guys in there. Nope, it's the same ones. They're just they're playing really well. I mean, yeah. Pouncey at center has been a great addition. Has he? He has been. You could tell right away. Without a doubt. I mean, they they're opening up holes on all parts of the offensive line. Barksdale's good it's, at right tackle. Okung's good. The thing good. that really excites me when I think more and more about the Chargers is you have this Anthony Lynn team yeah. that you know he wants to be rooted in attacking defense and like pounding offense. And then the fact that you have this coach on the field in Rivers that if they need to go two-minute, yeah. he can run an offense by himself, right. but the integrity of the offensive line is still going to always be downhill. Yep. And I just think when you have a pouncy at center, it makes everybody nastier I, too. I would agree. Because there's just not a lot of centers that are that athletic in right. the NFL. right. Melvin Gordon, I think, is my guy to have a huge year. I, I, I wouldn't be shocked. That's certainly in a contract year. Yes, and he didn't play the other day. They're saving his butt, but yeah, yeah he'll be ready to go. Bad. He'll be ready to go. Uh, Broncos, Washington is where we're going to finish right here. Uh, first thing is you talked about guys getting run with the ones. Troy Aki, ooh, he fast. Oh, he fast, fast. Yeah. Uh, the white kid from Penn State that ran the fast 40 right. ran with the ones with Washington. Yeah. Yes, he's on Washington. Yep. He said he has tremendous range. He did miss a tackle, but his speed translates. Right. Is this guy going to be like a real NFL player? I think he is, yes. First time he was on the field, I said, who is this 30 kid? Because the first play was the go route down the left sideline. Emmanuel Sanders caught it, if you remembered. Keenum threw a nice ball yep. diving. And the safety almost got there, and it was almost a big collision. He kind of tripped and fell out of bounds. And I said, damn, that guy covered a lot of ground. And I was like, man, 30, a white guy. I was like, oh, wait, is that the Apke kid? And I turned it on. Yes, he has tremendous range. That's where I think he'll first get on the field. Like if they want to do those three safety looks and they want speed in the back end, he's your guy. Mm. Not not you know Swearinger uh, or, or Monte Nicholson. Yes. That's not the guys you want back there. This is the perfect guy for that. Yeah, the next thing we need to see is – in the box, breaking down. Ta- yeah. Like, yeah, Emmanuel Sanders, he should have made that tackle in the reverse. He breaks the tackle and scores a touchdown. Shout out to uh, Matt Bowen, uh, white safety that we got to work oh, with. Oh, that's right. What up, Matt Bowen? Matt Bowen, I believe, has picked off Tom Brady and Michael Vick. Oh, damn. How he had a dare. good career. Yes, he did. I love Matt. Yeah, he's cool. Uh, one guy that you were a little down on, but I think came back and impressed you was Bradley Chubb. Yeah. You said he's look- best Chubb has looked was in this game. Uh, and you also wrote, second play of the game, he is playing stand-up Will Linebacker. That says something. I didn't know what it said, so I would like you to tell me, what does that mean to you when you see the second play of the game, he's standing up at linebacker? It, it meant two things. That he's obviously smart and versatile to where they said, yeah, we can change your position. You've never played stand-up linebacker in your life in a 4-3 scheme, and we've never seen you do it at NC State, but 
we're encouraged by the athlete and the mentality you have at this point. Concouraged for those out there is when you concur and you're encouraged. <laughs> exactly. So we're, right. it means we're all agreement and we're encouraged. By He's it. all over my English. Uh, and uh, also, yeah, I found it a hair also. So that was the positive side. But I also look at it in the negative side and go, damn, this is the fifth pick of the draft and we're moving his position? Oh. Why isn't he playing 4-3 defense end? Isn't that why we drafted him? Mm. So there's a double there. That's okay. all I'm saying. So I'm just, not, you don't know what it means yet I either. don't know either. I'm just giving Son you both. But food for thought. But either way, like you and I talked about last week with him, is we, we haven't seen that explosion. I saw a few snaps of this game where I felt like he let it go. Like, like he just real. was like, yeah, he got after it. A twist, a stunt. And I just said, damn, there's the guy that's kicking into the next gear. Uh, you also wrote, you've been very impressed with Justin Simmons. He was, of course, the safety was the reason they felt okay letting go of TJ Ward last year. But I always love when you write things like this. Is the Washington offense going to be dink and dunk? I don't know what it's going to be, but I am not excited about it. No, I am not. <laughs> I just, the way the first... I just imagine you'd be like, I don't like this. Yeah, I just... Nothing to, to hang your hat on to this point. It has not, been nothing special. They do have potential. Um, but, uh, you know, I always worry about the Alex Smith factor. And that offense lends itself to short throws, too. I want, I believe that Washington is going to have a better year this year than yeah, they did last year. Right. I think that... Um, I want this team to be really good. The D-line is young, but it excites me. Alex Smith moving in the pocket yeah. made me get excited when I thought about Jamison Crowder in the middle, Chris Thompson. The two tight ends is I why I'm most excited. I hear that. Because with Jordan Reed and a guy that Ver- he's played with in Vernon Davis, yeah. that core four, I'm not still, even getting yeah. to the outside of Paul Richardson and Josh Doxson. Right. The options that they could do with those guys. I just don't know Jay Gruden's offense enough to know it needs to be a little Philadelphia eagerly. It needs to be a little Frank Wright. Like, right. like, here's another. I'm just giving away sleepers at this point. I think Eric Ebron is a sleeper because I think that a lot of people know Jack Doyle, right. but Frank Wright is going to have two tight ends on the field all the time. And be. Ebron is so much more athletic than, than Doyle. Uh, Doyle. Right. But I look at that offense with Washington, I go, man, if it's Thompson, Jamison with those two tight ends, now we're getting to something. Yes. But I don't know. I know. It's scary just from that. But I, from everything you're saying, man, I mean, I, I think you're spot on. We haven't seen Jordan Reed out there yet. Uh, we haven't seen Jamison Crowder out there yet. Uh, so they're they're laying in the weeds, too. We might not see what they are going to be, really. Jay, Jay might be taking, I got some Alex Smith tricks up my sleeve I for am, week one. I'm going to say this right now. When I'm predicting uh, games. Right. For week one. Yeah. I'm going to look at the roster. I need to figure out all the injury reports and the suspensions. But I am blacking out everything from preseason. Because that's what screwed me last year. Yeah, I remember I remember. It's that. about looking at the guys yeah. and seeing it, not looking at how they've been. Right. But it's, it's like Bills yesterday. Yeah. How do I remove that from my brain? Yeah. That no. was awful. I don't, I don't think know if you I should, should remove, remove it. that. That no. one might be who they are. That It, it, it is. I, I don't think you should remove Josh Allen has the toughest road ahead of him. You know, oh, I sent you that picture of the schedule. Yeah. If Josh Allen starts, he might be dead by October. I mean, it's scary. Their first four games are at Baltimore, home against the Chargers with the the program, yeah. Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram, at Minnesota with that defense, and then at Green Bay. Holy crap. I know. And he might not survive. Out of all the rookie quarterbacks, he has the least talent around him as receivers and tight ends. Uh, and I would say, gosh... 
Yeah, it's just and it's the, probably the worst offensive line out of all the rookies too. I mean, really, it's yeah. them, right? I mean, it's them or Arizona. Man, so yeah, uh, yeah, he's he's. It's gonna be tough. It's gonna be interesting to see what they do with some of these quarterback decisions. Because I am one that you know, I think the young guys should play, get them out there, get going. But are they gonna be? Some of these head coaches gonna be worried about the state of their football team and where they're at right now, and be re- reluctant to throw these guys in there. Uh, I have a few fan questions, and we're gonna wrap up. Uh, first one is Todd Lip. Todd, 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 Todd underscore Todd. Lip. Is Khalil Mack not getting a deal with the Raiders a classic move by Gruden, or does Reggie McKenzie really not want to pay him? I, I think it's got to be a Reggie McKenzie, Mark Davis thing. I don't think this is a John Gruden thing. I really don't. I would be shocked that if I saw a whole storyline about how he's like indifferent. Yeah, I'm. I'm sure he is. Like, I, I'm sure he doesn't want them to give them so much money that he can't sign free agent offensive players. It's next just year. crazy that Odell gets a deal. Aaron Donald is really close, and Khalil Mack is not even talking. They're not even to talking the to him. No, I know, I know. And it sounds like the trade stuff is still pretty real with Khalil. Like, it's it's a possibility. I still would be surprised if it happens. Yeah. And I think the Raiders are pretty dumb if they do that. Um, but. Uh, yeah, it doesn't sound like they're anywhere close. Steelers Nation 84. You've definitely told this story before on the podcast. You don't have to tell the whole thing, but we do have new listeners. Did Sims ever see Matthew McConaughey at practice or sidelines during a game at Texas? All right, all right, all right. Of course I did. Of course I did. I mean, he used to stand next to me while I was warming up for games and like talk to me in my ear. And I want to be like, damn, I'm kind of trying to think about a game right now. Would you get away from me? And I'm like, what would he uh, say? He'd be like, yeah, Sims. Yeah. Looking good today. You know, you would say like, this is always the, pumping you up, always pumping me up. I mean, he's one of the richest guys in the city of Austin. And he would come in, come to the games with a cutoff t-shirt, cutoff sleeves and cargo shorts that were cargo pants at one time that he decided just to cut. They were manually made Manually cargo made shorts. cargo shorts with a huge ink stain on his right thigh. And he wore them almost like nine out of ten every ten times I saw him. And but, you, would you ever call him out and be like, yo, you're going to get a new pair of shorts? You know, I never did. I asked him things like what did like, J-Lo's butt look like in like, uh, some of those movies and things like that. How did like he that. react to that? He laughed at me. My best <laughs> moments with Matthew McConaughey, yeah, Fendrick, is <laughs> the best moments were Thursday practices when he would be in town or show up. Because Thursday practice is like the NFL Friday practice is easy, right? It's kind of like a, it's a walkthrough. It's, it's a little more than a walkthrough, yeah. but it's not too serious. He he would warm up with me, and he'd run around like he was a kid. He'd be like running on the side and be like, "Hey, Sims, throw, throw it!" And he'd like throw his hand out. And I'd throw him a ball, and he'd throw it back. But did then he have we, good hands? He did. He did. He's a good little athlete. He's got a little muscle definition, as you've seen. But then we'd start practice, and I'd get out there on the field, and while we would practice, he would work out, and he would run around the field. And I think I've told you this, where he would take his shirt off, run around the field, and then at every corner of the end zone it was either a like a push-up station or a sit-up station and he would just do that and really work up a lather and like legit work out but man he was the man for like two three hours for, he would just be running into a push he would do it those practices probably about an hour and 30 minutes but yeah he would go i would say about an hour and i'd be like wow he's he ever strong. break the team down oh yeah he he was, was not he allowed around the team for a while. Remember Why? when he got caught naked with the bongos and a huge thing of yes. weed in his house, when right? Harrelson was there, I right. think. It's something like that. And like the neighbor called because they said it was too loud. Sounds like Fendrick on a Tuesday. You know, that's usually what Fendrick does. Yeah. We know that. But he was he was barred from the team from that. Mac Brown said, listen. 
You're playing the bongos, yeah. got a little crazy, right. and make you sit up a little. Like we didn't see him for a year, and then he got back in the good graces, and he was back again. <laughs> and then what kind of speeches would he give? Uh, they had to be better than other people. Well, yeah, it was always he really likes the team. And he oh, loves football. So passionate. Just yeah, it was always cool. You know, funny joke. You know, and then the importance of like Texas football and even like how important it was to him. And he was excited to watch us play on Saturday and yeah. he couldn't wait. Like he was, he was great. What did he say to you after the Oklahoma games? I never saw him. <laughs> I never saw him. He was like, who's the other guy in the back car of uh, Goodwill Hunting? You know Goodwill Hunting, right? Yes. The four guys. So it was Ben. It's uh, not Casey Affleck, the other guy. The guy with the red curly hair. Right. He was the ma- one that was like, and he would smack the guy in the head. He had like a really right. deep. And we're gonna put you a burger. Oh no, that, yes. What? Oh, my, uh, oh, I can't believe I'm blanking on this guy's name. Let me pull it here for a second. He was on the sidelines for a game once, right? Yes. Why is he not on here? It was Cole Hauser. Cole Hauser. It is Cole. You're right. Yes. Cole, would. he was on the sidelines for our Texas A&M game. Cole plays a good villain in, like, TV dramas. Right, right. Or, yes. Or, like, the cool, like, uh, Southie gangster like yes. he was in Good Will Hunting. He was Hunting. great in Hunting. But he was there with him for a Texas A&M game, and I... I tore it up pretty good, and that was cool coming off the sidelines and having them like being like the first one to greet me after I threw a touchdown, and them like slapping me five and slapping me on the ass. That we was, need to get Matthew McConaughey on the show. Uh, we should, we do big time. We do. Uh, last one, uh, Slyboy underscore twenty two. After rewatching the Raiders backup quarterbacks, Connor Cook, EJ Manuel, yeah. does Sims have any interest in coming back and playing another year for Green? <laughs> yeah, uh, gosh, that's another team. That I do. That's a trade for RG. The backup situation is a little concerning. I think EJ Manuel could do it. I, I, I'm not going back to play. I thought John Gruden said Connor Cook was a first round pick. That's what he told me last time. And he's not. When you watch guys though in preseason, like week three and four, do you go, man? If I trained like six months, I know I don't do that. I look at some of these guys and go, this. Freaking guys in the NFL, are you fucking kidding me? That's what I want to say. So, but to... you don't go, man, if I really, if I stopped working with Lefko and I, I ran no, and did push-ups my mind... and sit-ups at the corner of the field. It's been out of that mode for a long time. Now, the first two or three years I was out of the league, I was looking at people on Sundays and like was like, damn, are you kidding me? You couldn't shine my shoes when I was yeah. when I was healthy, yeah. but well, I'd give it. We'll up. hook you up with Josh's trainer. We'll work on your lower body. Yeah, definition. those calf those calf definitions. Okay, so uh, Sims has given us some sleepers, Fendrick. Uh, I'm going to say this right now, and uh, we're going to see what happens. I think Fendrick and I are going to the new Dan and John Sports Bar in New York tomorrow to do our draft. Uh, check out Instagram, at Sims and Lefko. Uh, we're going to do some of our picks. We're going to FaceTime Chris. We'll get some of his reactions to our players. Uh, the incredibly named Odell Rogers. It's going to be really, really good. <laughs> Odell Rogers. Someone just tweeted, and they said, if Sims doesn't say, Odell Beckham's the greatest wide receiver in the league, He'll be disappointed. So, Odell Beckham Jr. is the greatest receiver I've ever seen. Thank you. Again, congratulations to David Walston, the winner of the Odell Beckham Way Jr. Go, contract. Uh, we're going to get your information. We're going to send you some gear. You are awesome. Now we're just waiting on Aaron Donald and Khalil Mack. I want some gear. I mean, and, uh, mm, not going to, you got, you got kind of that little weird bump in the front. We don't want to make <laughs> the brand look bad. Uh, 
Uh, As always, uh, Sims and Left go on social. And then Wednesday is our big preview. Josh is going to moderate. We are going to do all the divisions. We are going to do the winners of the Super Bowl. You know it's 95 out today, right? You're yeah, I'm going to take this off. Right, I just wa- I told Woody I wanted to be comfortable. Yeah, you, I didn't want to wear a T-shirt you, that made me look like I was uh, doing like, camo. Like I'm jacked? In an ambulance and an aluminum factory. I don't know what I'm talking about. Four Sims. Peace out, homies. Fendrick would say, Good evening. And the L-E-F-K-O-E. And says, holla, holla. Odell, congratulations, man. You deserve that. You are the best wide receiver in the league. We'll be back on Wednesday. Do it to annoy him. Holla, 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 holla.